0: Back to the future goes to the old West Tom Cruise loves Limp Biscuit and two American movies Duke It Out for Middle East Dominance this week on 302010
1: 302010 3 decades every show sometimes associated with the 302010 302010 surprises and excitement. Yes, we're going to the 90s and 2000s and 2010s on 302010
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to 30 2010 the laser time network's weekly pop culture time machine each week celebrating the anniversary of 30 20 and 10 years ago get it that's the name of the show i'm one of your hosts chris antista who else is with me
1: bike kung fu expert diana goodman it's me sarah
0: and uh what a this this week is going to be crazy because there's something <laughs> i genuinely it's love
1: summer man it's memorial day weekend it's getting kicked off for real. We got
2: some insane stuff to talk about.
0: I know, it just but like everything here is like marred with something. Nothing's perfect or an all-time well, classic, but it's something I genuinely love. It, I call it warts and all week. Like I It's
2: think... it, to me everything I watched was is pleasurable and also very bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but there's a
1: lot of overlap At the same time. Yeah. A ton of overlap between the three the three decades this time it's gonna be oh yeah in weird ways sometimes. it is
0: wild it is wild you're gonna to want to listen to this if you don't know the concept we take a look at one week uh through three portals 30 20 and 10 years ago and we're recording this week from may 22nd to the 28th so we're going to look at the movies tv music uh video games and more that came out from may 22nd to the 28th in 1990 2000 and 2010 uh obviously it won't be this week for you if you're late to listen, which you shouldn't be. But hey, um, this show is supported by people who listen pretty frequently, like our patrons at patreoncom Time, which supports the whole LaserTime network, including Thirty Twenty Ten and LaserTime. Executive produced this week by Evan Clark and many other fine people at patreoncom Time for the low cost of five bucks. Look forward to new sick of Star Wars, uh, new bonus time with uh, SNL awards with Dave and uh, Tony, our seemingly annual Saturday Night Live award show. And a uh, uh, thirty twenty ten games where we go more in depth on the games with uh, Mister Diana Goodman, Michael Parez, and Matt Allen of Vigigame Apocalypse. Done with plugs. Let's move into thirty twenty ten. May twenty eighth through th- uh, May twenty second to twenty eighth, nineteen ninety. Little bit of news to bring you in. Yemen and formerly socialist South Yemen unify. Yemen,
1: yeah. Yemen, yeah, men,
0: yeah, men. <laughs> I'm sure it was their fault. It. Uh, Nothing
1: bad ever happened in Yemen again.
0: Mm. (laughs) I would never have named my country uh, or spelled my country so close to semen. But look, that's on Yemen. And uh, (laughs) that's clearly all I know about them. It's
2: truly the basis of all their issues.
0: I saw a socialist youth semen. That's what I saw in this document. (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) That's what you get when you go to a DSA meeting.
0: I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's all over my fucking iPad. Uh, 1990 movies. Uh, I can't I don't think I've seen this actually. Firebirds, a movie with Sean Young, Tommy Lee Jones, and Nicholas Cage. Oh
1: man, I have, and it is
2: something. Sam saw it. He said that he watched it for a masterpiece theater one night. That uh Whoa. bad movie night he would do with his.
0: That is our old eye traditional eyes. worst of the worst movie night. So this must yep. have been really awkward. Oh yes, yes. yeah. Because I I've made a pretty significant effort to seek out. Bad Nicolas Cage stuff because man does it sing. Uh this this I don't know that I've heard heard of. Well, th-
1: do you do you want to see him in a by the numbers top gun rock rip off? Yes. Uh, yeah, yes, can. Sure.
0: yes. Oh my god, it's not just for Iron Eagle anymore. Firebirds. Once a helicopter battle has been engaged, somebody is going to die. He's the Army's best combat instructor. His objective, train an elite helicopter squad. If you fail it, you're out. If you pass it, you're in. That's all there is to it. His challenge, make them better. You've been pushing me from the beginning. We don't make any exceptions in this outfit, ever. His mission, take them into combat and bring them home alive. Take them out, Rattler. We're on the way. Shake them, baby! We're open for business. Firebirds, rated PG. Oh, I just want to hear next boogies. <laughs> we got buggies. Bunch of Megs on my ass. Oh fuck. Oh, shake yeah. 'em.
2: Shake 'em, bake 'em. That's gotta be like their version of need for speed, right? Need or the
0: need for speed. I fucking kick love. Kick the it.
1: tires, light some fires.
0: Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Oh, it
1: is. So generic and so <laughs> by the numbers.
0: It it really and does. It,
1: cage, he doesn't fully cage out, as I recall, mm-hmm. but he's he is more sleepy cage, which is kind of funnier mm-hmm. when it's supposed to be an action movie. So, I mean, like, yeah, he's got he to recalibrate.
0: Bad. I mean, Top <laughs> Gun is, is, is jet military porn. Like, remember, that shit's like shot on an aircraft carrier in other beautiful places. This looks like an airwolf episode. It is all shot in <laughs> Southern California.
2: It, well, I think it basically is.
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, I've never heard of Jesus of Montreal, but it sounds boring.
1: Oh, no, it is not boring. And this is actually an 89 movie. This is when it comes out in America. And when we passed when it was released in 89, I'm pretty sure the entire nation of Canada messaged me. Oh, goodness. They love this. apparently. No, seriously, like three or four different Canadians were like, hey, I don't know if you know about this movie, but Jesus of Montreal. We kind of
0: have our own Jesus, Uh, and he got his own movie. He's a cool superhero. Yeah, (laughs)
1: it's kind of (laughs) cool. If you don't mind, it's I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Ah, Sorry. You know they weren't speaking English on purpose. It's Montreal, the place I've been and been treated rudely.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, they speak French there, so Mm -hmm. of course they do. Mm -hmm. No, Jesus of Montreal, uh, it is a French-Canadian movie about this actor who forms a theater, like a a theater troupe that are going to perform this passion play for the church. They've been hired by a church to do this annual passion play, and they do it. Like with a lot of like history and interesting stuff, and it's like a really interesting production. And then his life starts mirroring Jesus's life, where like they try okay. to shut him down and uh, you know, or oh, make sounds- him or kind of throw him out of the temple kind of thing. And it's really good. That sounds it is great. A yeah. lot of fun to watch. It's really interesting, um, and it is on YouTube both in French and in English. Wow! For free. Yeah, it's it's one of those, like, I vaguely remembered it, and the parts that I remembered kind of had nothing to do with the plot. Like, one of the actors, they pick up while he's in a dubbing session for porn, and they, there's two guys on screen, but there's only one guy in the booth, so he's, like, running back and forth to the mics doing different voices of, like, yeah, I'll take it. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> take it, yeah. <laughs> but in French, so it's even funnier. We, oui. oui. Oh, uh, oui,
0: oh, oh. <laughs> i don't even uh, uh, <laughs> i don't even i don't the next movie you'll get it like just anybody will get this like within one one name of the cast leah thompson tom f wilson mary steenburgen christopher lloyd michael j fox uh doc hollywood no it is uh this movie
1: I'm going back to 1885,
0: and I'm bringing you home. Welcome to the rousing conclusion of Back to the Future. Doc's trapped in the past. What kind of a future do you call that? And there's only one man who can save him. What's your name, dude? Clint Eastwood. What kind of a stupid name is that? Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis presents Back to the Future Part Three. Where'd you learn to shoot like this? 7-Eleven. Rated PG. Back to the Future mm. 3, a movie I have learned to love. Uh, I
1: love it. <laughs> yeah. I know some people aren't a fan. They think it's not a good conclusion, but uh, let's just do a comedy action western. Come on, guys.
0: Yeah, I believe this. the story went, they were just sort of powwowing and like, what time period? But you want to go visit, and, and Michael J. Fox, Bob Gale, and Robert Zemeckis sort of like, yeah, it'd be fun to go to a western. But for me as a little kid in 1990, it was sort of that first thing like, Oh, the people who make stuff for me are way older than me. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I didn't have any affinity for the Western. It was like, w- like, kind of yeah. sullen over the idea that they were doing this. and the cri- mm. But the critics were incredibly kind. And, and, but to this day, Back to the Future 2 is my favorite. I've said this a thousand times at this point. I just wish they would have reversed the order of 2 and 3. For a Marvel mm. Endgame kind of feel where they can go back and visit all the adventures they've had and it would mean something, rather than splooging that in the second movie and then taking a very like slow uh I don't know, like more formulaic comedy in the in the third film. Mm-hmm. But uh, but also also uh uh it was one of those things I think the one for you, one for us, the you guys can do the movie you want, but you have to give us our studio futuristic movie which they did it's just it's so bizarre like uh-huh. i love and i love this trilogy and i love that it's not completely marred by assholes yet please be <laughs> kind to back to the future should anything be remade oh my god
1: yeah well this is the kind of movie where it's like i kind of wish it wasn't a trilogy i i wouldn't yeah. mind this as more of a series where uh-huh. every couple of years they go somewhere unexpected You know, that's worse. Like the cartoon show. That's always fun. Like a cartoon show. (laughs) But yeah, we're only six months after Back to the Future 2. And these were shot back to back. They were shot at the same time so that they could do that. So they could just, boom, we're done now. You've been waiting so long for sequels. Here's all of them. Bye. (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) I'm sure sure
0: it was a timing issue. Because, like, I mean, I'm still trying to wrap my head on, dude, reading about Robert Zemeckis, like, shooting two, and then editing two while making three. Mm. Somewhere in this mix is also Who Framed Roger Rabbit. These three incredibly complicated and time-consuming films. I don't know mm. how he did it. Okay. Cocaine. I, I would say cocaine. What was the equivalent <laughs> of Adderall back then? Good on you, Zemeckis. If it's the
2: 80s, we just, the answer is always cocaine. Cocaine.
0: I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit last night, and I don't know if it's because they... Love each other or because they were so tired, but there's like several lines from Back to the Future 2 and 3 in Roger Rabbit that I always mm-hmm. thought were nods, but I'm like, dude, these guys were just busy. I'm not even sure they knew what set <laughs> they were on, it, 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 what time period they were in, for fuck's sake. Uh, back to the Future 3 is the one where they go back to the Old West, and I just think mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's an odd way to end the movie. When you, when you mm-hmm. watch Back to the Future 2, if like they also like went back to the Old West once in that movie, that movie would be a crazy way to celebrate the series and close it out. So I've always – lately I've felt weird like, man, I wish they sort of reversed because as a kid, I think it would have been totally fine to spend time with Marty and Doc in the West if I knew it wasn't the last time I'd see them. But as, mm. telling me this is the last movie, I was I, I, I wanted to see more of the future and where we stand with Back to the Future, you get about 15 minutes of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this movie is thoroughly pleasant. The critics loved it because it harkened back to the genre that a bunch of olds liked. Uh, but yeah,
1: it- like me. I love Westerns, especially I like anything that twists Western tropes. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I'll love any kind of just straight up Western that's fun. And I love that <laughs> the same episode, we're going to talk about another Western action comedy. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime they just do one thing different, like, yeah, this guy's from the future mm-hmm. and he's realizing how much the past sucked. The water is brown. There is no ice. Everything chafes and is itchy.
0: Everybody's yeah, Irish. Right. And- yeah.
1: I watched Back to the Future
2: 2 this weekend in preparation to watch Back to the Fe- Future 3, which I watched about half of. And I'm kind of mad that I never saw these as a child because they're great and that would have been right in my wheelhouse as a kid. So now I get to experience that as an adult. It's fine.
0: And it's it's really <laughs> cool. I, I'd say it's really cool to watch the trilogy, but like, if I'm being really honest, Back to the Future 1 is a wonderfully self-contained movie, and 2 and 3 are meant oh, to yeah. be watched together. They may have yeah. even been better as one film, because you'll notice all these things, like all these people playing the same parts and these rhythms that repeat. And I just want to give, for the whole trilogy, but especially this movie, I am doffing my derby to Tom Wilson. He is the MVP of this whole <laughs> series. He plays... He plays five completely distinct yet utterly recognizable versions of himself.
2: That's pretty crazy. It's yeah.
0: it's Griff, Biff, Old Biff, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump, and uh, what's 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 his name in this in this one? I forget. Mad Dog. Mad Dog. He is so fucking great in this. I don't. Yeah. Like, even though he's wearing so much dirt in his face, it would probably be controversial today. It is. It is. It is so. <laughs> I love this character so much. To me it makes the movie. I mm-hmm. lo- I love Tom Wilson in this. Fuck
2: it is yeah. kind of a perfect bad guy mm-hmm. like archetype. He's just like dumb and gruff and he's legitimately frightening at times too. Yeah. I feel like I yeah. mean in a bully sort of way. Like you just have this giant guy that's going to impose on you and he's so dumb he can't be reasoned with.
0: Tom Wilson's a huge guy, and his eyes are, are incredibly intense. And, mm-hmm. man, I don't know, dude. I love that dude. He's, he's been, other than Crispin Glover, he's been the most sour with the series. And every once mm-hmm. in a while, turns up to like, yeah, hi, I'm here. Not Glad you like the movie. Thanks, bye. Uh, or to sing a great song about it. Stop asking me the questions. Look it up. It's great. Uh, <laughs> but Back to the Future 3, at this point, I love it. I can't really watch 2 without it. Mm. And I I love the way 2 ends 1885 the duck's alive
1: (laughs) And (laughs) And there's so much stuff from 2 that gets paid off in 3 Yeah
0: Yeah, there's so much I mean Dave and I would talk about it all the time Like when you were little kids Before you get them on VHS and watch them over and over again Like when did Marty develop this like chicken trigger word thing Like oh that's just Mm -hmm. these two movies It is never mentioned in the first film That he would go into a rage When someone Nobody calls me a chick Whatever Marty (laughs) <laughs> whatever, Marty, get over it. Um, yeah,
1: but I love that, I mean, this adds a whole bunch of fun people to the cast. A ton, ton of character actors who did something like 300 westerns between them, like uh, wow. Harry Carey Jr. and Pat Buttram, wow. who, you recognize that voice, man. He's uh, he's in the Disney Robin Hood, I know that. And that's, like, his voice.
0: Oh, is he uh, a Sheriff of Nottingham? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I definitely know what and, you're talking
1: about. And Mary Steenburgen, yeah. who is just always i'm always happy to see her but it's like they had to cast someone that could be a love interest for doc and okay she's a little young but she's a a bit younger than him but you know it's it's really hard to show a character is smart Mm -hmm. like it has to be well done otherwise people are just talking about wow she's really smart and then you're like don't lie to me movie i see my own eyes she's Mm -hmm. not doing anything smart so don't just tell me she's smart show me she is smart and they find a way to do that Mm. without it just being like she's not your daddy's school marm (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm a fucking genius get the fuck out my way Woo! i'm smart Eh."
0: i think she's the only human wearing any red for most of the movie other than what (laughs) marty wore from 1955 this uh, yeah Yeah. i i I was pretty mad at this movie as a little kid and i have grown to really really enjoy it i really do
2: it's definitely a dynamite way to kick off the summer, yeah. as far as like a summer movie blockbuster. It feels so freewheeling and just madcap in a lot of ways, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what you want to kick off your summer movie like blockbuster. Let's do that. Yeah, I,
0: I think the Back to the Future movies are perfect. I don't care about their time travel displacement shit. Even though this, <laughs> this movie has a lot of it. You know, you know what what era they really spend the least amount of time in? Nineteen eighty five. And because yep. they don't want to show you the ramifications of all the shit Marty's done, like you just you took the name Calvin Klein and Clint Eastwood from the world just to make <laughs> up a lie, and it and it clearly had ramifications. And like, <laughs> dude, can we see this? There's got to be like a DVD feature that shows all the butterfly effects. Clint Eastwood can't get work because everybody associates him with a canyon. I don't know. It,
1: well, maybe his mom named him after Eastwood Canyon, where the first Clint Eastwood died. Maybe so. there is
0: only one timeline. I like this theory, time. But it wouldn't yeah. explain the Lone p- Twin Pines. They do change the future quite a bit. Don't think about it too much. I didn't. And part of me loving this was going to Universal Studios and the tr- the elaborate time travel train that gets like a minute of screen eh. time. With that kid scratching his nuts. Have you seen that scene? Look it up he's on pointing. YouTube. He's- <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. He's, he's clearly – he's indicating this to someone off camera that he needs to pee.
0: Yeah. So he's just tapping his wiener. And <laughs>
1: yeah. So he sort of does a come here, come here, and then points –
0: my dick <laughs> <laughs> but that train at universal studios orlando at the first back the future ride it stood outside there with all its mm. whirling gigs going and that ride right. was amazing and the ride is like is is canonical within this trilogy it's just yeah it's, it's amazing <laughs>
2: uh, oh just watching the movies got me like hearing the music just brought me back such a sense of memory to going on the ride. Cause that was my, I mean, for years, since I was a little kid, that was my only exposure to back to the future is the ride at right. universal studios
0: I didn't, that I, I love so much. I didn't have HBO. I didn't have back to the future one until that one, first or second time McDonald's started selling home videos for like three 99 instead of $20. It was in the mid nineties. And my memories were so conflated because of the ride the ride the ride kind of messes with you a little bit and and, and i I couldn't remember what happened where because the ride is really good mm-hmm. uh, it's so much fun even though the ride itself is uh three minutes and the line is 20 minutes but most of it has tom wilson and christopher lloyd in it and it's right. on the dvds yeah. and you can watch it and i do it w- like almost every two years i love it it's the next best thing to ride it yourself back to the but future you can't 3. do it anymore
2: <laughs> now it's the simpsons ride
0: it is the simpsons ride with a reference, with a nice reference to what has come before. And a buddy of mine, I, I met a guy who worked on the ride, and he said, like, no, they can – I think if people wanted to, they could license the ride on those little – you ever see those, like, half monorail carts in, like, the mall with the, that shake around, have a VR experience?
2: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he, he
0: said, okay. like, the, the the Hanna-Barbera ride from Universal did go there, and people could yeah. just enjoy the ride like that. And I never – yeah, it never happened with Back to the Future, and I don't know why – it would be totally worth it. I would ride it in my house. Bring it out on VR. <laughs> uh, moving into television this week. Oh, my goodness. It's so packed. Uh, lots of television this week, including on the 22nd of uh, May, A Killing in a Small Town starring Brian Dennehy, who we just lost. Yes, we did. Yes, uh, yeah. Not of coronavirus, but daring the whole thing. And yeah. Barbara Hershey, Killing in a Small Town. It's the kind of town where people want to raise their children, serve their community. But something is about to happen.
2: You seen Peggy? I've been trying to get her, but no one answers. That will rock this town off its very foundation.
0: Oh, my God. Thanks, Dr. Giles. Such a crude weapon. I've had to be a drifter. What's happening here?
2: Yeah, this is just your quintessential um. TV movie from this time period regarding a woman who axe murders her neighbor and then (laughs) goes under hypnosis, which reveals she has like a different personality. I mean, it's got all the elements that you want. But
1: that's Uh, such a generic title. There's mm -hmm. so many things this could be. I know. I know. I was not expecting hypnosis axe murder. Well, That,
0: that should have been your subtitle. And you have a really crazy title. You can be a, hmm. uh, yeah, crazy lady, a killing in a small town.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Fat cop, a killing in a small town. I'm assuming <laughs> Brian he was real portly in this role.
2: <laughs> but on the same night, we have maybe a little bit classier offering, Last Flight Out, which is about the uh, last flight out of uh, Vietnam. Oh, huh. out of, Or out of Saigon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how dramatic that was. So that's a little right. bit of a classier offering, I'd say. And it's got uh, James Earl Jones and Richard Crenna in it. So there you go. Okay.
0: Hey. And I am not qualified to talk about this in the slightest. But uh, Twin Ooh. Peaks, The Last Evening, the season one finale.
2: Oh, yeah. it all goes down. A big one, for so, sure.
0: Uh, am I correct? In, in what I believe my assumption is, David Lynch makes this TV show kind of an unexpected hit. And ABC was kind of like, you have to solve the murder of Laura Palmer at, in the season finale. And he didn't really want to because, I mean, if you've seen the show, it's kind of like, that's not as important. He's clearly more interested in showing you this entire weird town and everything mm-hmm. they're doing. Um, and he would not return for uh, to be involved in season two in the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that how it went down?
2: I believe so. Um, and it probably was also a big fuck you because this episode ends with several cliffhangers mm-hmm. yeah. that are just you know i i can't imagine having to wait that long uh to now in this bingeable culture that we have it's so hard to
1: conceptualize cliffhangers yeah there's like 80 cliffhangers like yeah a guy gets arrested for the murder and then laura's dad smothers him what yeah. uh it's, his her friends break into her psychiatrist's apartment or place and, and find a bunch of shit yeah uh, shelly johnson gets tied up in the sawmill and the sawmill gets set on fire and there's oh. a shooting i think bobby briggs shoots somebody and then fucking agent cooper gets shot a bunch of times
0: oh yeah yeah oh
1: dear god like half the characters are about to die are Who's going to live? yeah it's um
2: it's great. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about Twin Peaks. I don't like to give too much away, but honestly, it's really a show about atmosphere Then, yeah. um it is a show about solving the mystery. Great. But and this is the 7th episode. So this is like
1: Jesus.
2: Yeah, this is a very short season that they got. And um I don't know. It's what, just is that?
0: I was assuming the first season was 22 episodes and that's what's keeping me from uh, doing this. Are you kidding me? I suck. No. <laughs>
2: Oh. Yeah, it's the seventh episode. Oh. So you know, I'm halfway there. Truly...
0: <laughs> I didn't know. I thought I had like thirty to go.
2: This I just we've talked about Twin Peaks so much. I know uh, when we when the premiere happened seven weeks ago, um, <laughs> but it's just so great because I just when you go back and watch Twin Peaks now, and if you're a big TV fan, I'm a big fan of the genre, and you can see this is the perfect marriage between the beginning of prestige television and. Uh, primetime soap opera
0: Mm. it's
2: both it's both at once and it's really really cool to see it's just such an important part of television history i
0: to some extent the 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 semi-short-lived mild mainstreaming of david lynch where Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. I think the, the movies he made after twin peaks are kind of among my favorite and have like the biggest weirdest cast everybody wants to be involved in his nonsense
1: uh-huh. They do get weird.
0: And on the 24th, oh, do we need to create a sports category? Answer, no. Especially ten Especially if we're doing the show in 10 years, we'll have no sports to talk about. But uh, Stanley Cup, the Edmonton Earlers uh, beat the Boston Bruins, eh? Uh man. Yeah. what a, What a blowout with them Earlers, right? Uh, I, I, I have no idea what accent I'm shooting for here, Edmonton. That's in Kentucky, right? Uh, <laughs> it, uh, yes. And it's something I do know far too much about. The weird lost curiosity that just fucking like ruled our like we were stockholm syndrome makes kids my age love you can't do that on television, but I didn't know a single kid who was who was looking forward to you can't do it on television, which ruled Nickelodeon
1: uh mm. back in the day not only did
0: i I know I've said this elsewhere, but like I can't think of an like this is you can't do that on television was a Canadian low budget sketch comedy show that Nickelodeon licensed and Nickelodeon stole like its entire identity from that show.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I never was familiar with you can't do that on television, but I watched a ton of wild and crazy kids, family double dare. And, um, what would you do? Which are all just basically various elements. I feel like of, you can't do that on television and, uh, all that. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So Cause I have, I gotten.
0: at least have the sense to know that like, I watched a lot of You Can't Do That on Television. The intro is very surreal for me to watch just because it's like, ah, at least there's a kids' channel, but I don't like this that much. A very, very safe kids' comedy, except for the Fart and Death episode. Man, are those crazy. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, like Nickelodeon, it's the concept of Green Slime, which Nickelodeon would go on to sell, and I am shocked they didn't get sued by these people, came from You Can't Do That on Television, a concept from like Canada's All That Laughing. <laughs> <show> <laughs> that they just ripped off, and like it, it, it's so it, it's incredible that like even its logo sort of like was supposed to be evocative of you can't do it on television. Some of its fonts, and and yeah, it's it still stands to this day. Whereas this show does not. They didn't sign any contracts with the cast, which include obviously everyone knows Moose. We, who could forget Moose? alistair <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Alanis Morissette. But like uh it was just a bunch of young people who didn't sign proper contracts. It's never had any kind of home release whatsoever. There are many episodes of the show that are lost. I do not know if that website that was bothering to track them all down from 10 years ago is still at it. I don't <laughs> see why. Uh, but it, it is a defining era for Nickelodeon. But it's just like if, if Comedy Central's logo was based on SNL reruns and you and still used all the catchphrases today, you look marvelous, <laughs> De Chappelle show. Like, it... <laughs> It'd be, it'd be very, very strange, but I'd, I'd like to—I I'd, I'd like—I'd like to think I'd like to help uh, keeping its legacy not be forgotten, because it did help define the first ever twenty-four-seven block of children's programming, which is really mm-hmm. important if for someone my age growing up without cable. Oh
2: yeah, I mean it definitely has imprinted on a lot of people I think a little bit older than me. Um and it sh- it does show up again and again in pop culture and um I the one that I find the most relevant is um uh, How I Met Your Mother one of the characters on that used to be a teen idol in Canada. That's part of her storyline yeah. and she in part of her storyline is that she got her start on a show that's essentially you can't do that on
0: television. <laughs> so well, things in the burger it, There's
2: definitely some people out there who have love for it and want to keep it <laughs> references of it into the in the zeitgeist. Yeah, describe
0: you can. I don't yeah. know if it it, it fits another uh, sketch comedy's description. Imagine you know how some people are like ah, I hate the reoccurring sketches on SNL. Imagine it's a one-hour show that's only recurring sketches, and they decided which ones they were doing eleven years before they ended. Like it's such a <laughs> it's such a bizarre commitment. Uh, we got our diner guy and our. Our firing squad joke where we kill a kid as a punchline at the end of every one. <laughs> oh, so funny. Uh, you can't do that on television. Speaking of sketch comedy, uh, for your go- your one-stop shop for psychiatric humor and dance numbers, the Tracy Ullman Show says goodbye on the Fox network, which also oh. leaves a ridiculous legacy that defines that entire network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that- and
1: only four seasons. I don't know why I thought it went longer. I think there was, there was a bit of a fight over it going off mm-hmm. um, that it was just like the ratings were just too damn low, even though the critics all freaking loved it. And obviously mm-hmm. the Simpsons has started now and you'd think that would bring more attention to it, but yeah, no. Um, so yeah, after it sure goes a sh- out and it like wins a whole bunch of Emmys on its way out. And it's kind of like her last good fuck you to Fox. Yeah. I mean, yeah suck I, it. I read that she was the one who made that decision to end it. Um,
2: and so that was she was just tired of not being treated the way she should be treated for having such a um wonderful Ta- show, basically. <laughs> a yeah.
0: talented Simpsons voice cast. Yes, I mean, yes,
1: yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just it's a great cat. I mean, Sam McMurray, Dan Castellaneta, Julie Kavner, mm. Tracy Ullman mm. in a ton of sketches. Also some of them recurring, where it's you know, the one uh, the teenager with her two gay dads, like that was a recurring set of characters. That was a lot of fun. I, don't, and, I uh, only
0: remember the one. Yeah. It, it was a sketch that wasn't in my wheelhouse, but it was such a fun act of physical comedy that it was some dancer backstage and someone stole her underwear. So <laughs> she. <laughs> yeah, so, so Tracy Ullman has to do this entire dance sequence, like pushing her dress down while being thrown around and flipped upside down to the point where she <laughs> nearly. D- it's like one of the, the, the coolest physical acts I'd seen at the time. Like, Jesus Christ, that was impressive as hell. And yep. the audience loved it. Yeah,
1: there's fun stuff like that. I think my favorite might still, just for the goofiness of the concept, uh, someone auditioning for Peter Pan who can actually fly. (laughs) I love that. Uh,
0: And they're still on the ropes with them. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Well, that's (laughs) the resolution is that, you know, the union, they they have union guys and their job is to move the pulley and they're getting paid either way. (laughs) So, (laughs) do you really want to hire someone who doesn't need the ropes? And, yeah, and it's adorable.
0: Not a lot of notable games this week, but again, I dig way further into these periods for uh, any obscurity or silly thing I can find. For the 30 Games Edition show we do every month with the Video Game Apocalypse, guys, you can get that by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash lasertime. Five bucks, try it out. If you don't like it, have a nice cancellation party. Uh, we would appreciate your support, especially during these weird-ass times. Music of 1990, May 22nd through the 28th. Vogue by Madonna is still number one. Um, and yeah, new, new releases. Who'd have guessed Madonna's I'm breathless. This is the craziest title ever. I'm Mm -hmm. breathless music from and inspired by Dick Tracy. This is a full Madonna album. Is it Mm -hmm. not? Yeah.
1: Wow. It's, it's a Madonna album that is mostly songs from the film Dick Tracy, plus a couple other ones crammed in like
0: Vogue. And and hmm. it's called I'm Breathless because her character's name was Breathless Mahoney. And it's yeah. it's a silly joke. <laughs> it's a silly well, dad joke, Madonna made it as well.
2: And then also I mean, for an even sillier joke, if she's so breathless breathless, oh. it must be hard to sing. <laughs> exactly
0: ah, Actually I believe uh, at this at and
2: today th- I became a dad.
0: At this, <laughs> <laughs> at this point in history, this week she is being arrested somewhere for obscenity charges. Based on a live, yep. a live, a live performance, and I can't remember. Was it the triangle teddy stuff? We got it.
1: We got it uh, next week, I believe, oh, okay. is Toronto. Okay. Okay. They try to shut her down because they're saying it's just too naughty. Yeah, we're in we're in Cone time. Special
0: once once again, this yeah. is one of two Dick Tracy soundtracks. Do yourself a favor and look up Ice ts like excruciating seven minute rap about Dick Tracy, where he's clearly oh. like handed bullet points and kind of freestyles. Uh, TV Watch. Big ol' hat Dick Tracy and <laughs> It's It's, it's it, it, Yeah It's just a guy who like Barely understands Dick Tracy With with a lot of lyrics about him I don't I'm not saying that as an expert Let the rhythm hit him By Eric B and Raheem Is out this week Boop. And uh, Son of Albert The only studio album By uh, Andrew Ridgely The other guy from Wham Oh
1: Yeah it took him a while yeah. to go solo, to actually get an album out. But yeah, whatever. He probably still gets all those Wham! royalties. So what does he care?
0: Right. right. Uh, so let's close out with "Let the Rhythm Hit Him" by Eric B. and Rakim, and we will be right back with the year 2000. Stay right there. Yes, I made a Conan Conan reference on purpose. So now we beat the bullets past, we don't all target. They want the all hit, but watch the guard get. Quick of the tone is to the trigger, cause it real fast. Let those rhythm madam let them feel the blast, penetrated a crazy wake. This ain't a the 38. Hit them. Blank range and watch him radiate, going out of ammunition. I'm done with him. You ask me how I did 'em, let the rhythm hit 'em. I'm slim shady, yes, I'm the real shady. All you want is slim shady, so just them So won't the real slim shady. Please
1: stand up, please stand up, please
2: stand up. Bill Smith don't got a cuss in his raps to sell records. Well I do, so fuck him and fuck me too. You think I give a damn about a Grammy? Half of you critics can't even stomach me, let alone stand me. But Slim, what if you win? Wouldn't it be weird? Why? So you guys
0: can just like uh, Coming in with an obscurity uh from 2000. Real Slim Shady by Eminem off the Marshall Mathers LP. Which, by the way, is on Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time list. I cannot stand to hear this song ever again for any reason. If you're not establishing a time frame in your movie, even then, pick something else.
2: Yes, anything else, please. This was
0: so all over the place, and not unlike Santana, and in, but more racist, this made the white new rock stations. Because why? Yes. The same reason Beastie Boys gets played right up against Candlebox. <laughs> And no other black artist. Uh, this was I just everywhere.
2: Can't, yeah, I, I can't with Eminem. I never have been able to. Hmm.
0: I don't mean to say man. that. I think hmm. I think he's uh, I think he's funny. I, I find him tremendously entertaining. I'm not the biggest hip hop fan in the universe, obviously, but like, especially like this period of like. Just like making fun of people for no reason, like to, trying to pick the most sacred of cow and making a bad, like sped up sketch about it. I'm in. I like it. Makes me giggle. And it's usually yeah,
1: so. I, I don't know. This, this whole album, there's so much that's so good and so much that's just mostly even back then. I was, you know, 20 years younger. I was just sort of like, oh, Marshall, stop being such a child.
0: Oh, Marshall, how how confused do you think we are about your name? And are you helping this is your second hit about your name <laughs> <And> <laughs> of an album that makes your name more confusing. And,
1: <laughs> But also, I mean, about you're talking about your mom, talking about your girlfriend, as your wife, and then you break up, and then you're together, and you're together, and, you know, and, and, oh, using the F slur, please don't, please don't do that. Oh, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's a different time. Or yeah, it-
1: we'll be talking about him some more, though. He's uh, He's going to be a through line for a lot of the rest of the show.
0: Oh really? Okay. Uh new releases. Yeah, I know.
1: I sort of I packed a lot of rap into this episode for everybody.
0: I see. You can cool. see that uh, on May twenty second to the twenty eighth, year two thousand. Again, new releases. Uh, invincible by Five uh, in the U S. Oh, new uh, new release in the U.S. I, did, I thought that was maybe yeah. their title. Five <laughs> in the U S. Uh, Alma. Carabena by Gloria, uh, Gloria Stefan. The Construction of Light by King Crimson. Inside Job by Don Henley. Masterpiece Theater by En Vogue. The Platform by Dilated Peoples. And Superfast by Dynamite Hack. Marie Marie is still number one. God damn it! Ugh. It never
1: ends. <sighs> it never ends. It never ends. It's like the Black Eyed Peas all over again.
0: Wow. Wow. Well, um, and, oh, dude, speaking of. Ooh, speaking of a little wrap, uh, t- 2000 News. Fitty Scent, who I've been wondering about lately, what are you up to? Mm-hmm. What are you up to, Fitty? I'm he in movies now.
2: Chelsea Handler for some time. That was like 10 years
0: really? ago. Uh, it, he, sh- But Fitty, our boy Fitty, of Blood in the Sand fame, one of the greatest bad games that's ever existed, uh, is shot nine times in Queens by Mike Tyson's former bodyguard, who was then murdered three weeks later. Nine,
1: yep. so nine, nine times. times. Nine, nine
0: times. times. I say in my je- yeah. finest Jeffrey Jones. How? Was this before There's... he was mega famous? This happened before he was. Junior. He was
1: pretty famous. Okay. So we He all hadn't knew... been mega famous yet.
0: I knew I mean... he'd been shot a bunch of times. I didn't know nine of them occurred at once when we already knew who he was.
1: Well,
2: when did In the Club right. come out? Like that, is it next year?
0: When did he celebrate his birthday song?
2: Yeah, <laughs> when is Yoshodi? It's her birthday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Good question. I don't know. I think it's next year. Or the year after. I think it's two thousand one, yeah. two thousand two, probably. Yeah, I thought he arrived. At, yeah.
0: he arrived at mainstream success with the, the the with his dossier. Oh, and he's also been shot a lot of times. Right. Ooh. That was
2: like something we knew. Also, wasn't yeah. he part of Eminem's like posse at some uh, point?
0: Something Kinda. like that.
2: That's, yeah they worked how we together know a bunch
1: yeah 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 cool. now get Richard I die try and doesn't come out till 2003 which is okay. a studio oh, debut wow. okay. but he was already he's one of those guys where it's like he's appearing on other people's stuff and he's releasing mixtapes and eps hmm. and stuff like that cool. but, uh, yeah
0: and speaking, so of he's
1: hmm. like people in the know know him but no he's not like a huge star
0: which yet. are not these three white people and <laughs> and speaking of music fuck cassettes baby this timeline seems bizarre to me cds now account for 12.8 billion in annual sales uh and about 87 percent of the total pre-record pre-recorded music market and i'm Whoa. like now I, w- I like i was a poor kid like spending all of my money on cds like five years ago and what <laughs> what the fuck like when did it took this long for CDs to dominate the market, but then I think you have to remember: yeah. think of every car you were driving around in, like 1999, 2000. How many of them had yeah. CD players, and how many had tape decks? What mm-hmm, do you mm-hmm. buy if you exclusively listen to music in the car? And I, I know then I you had, had to
1: get that adapter. Still that that you got put mine. In the- the tape deck. I still use mine. My car is from 2001. It still has a tape deck. Yep. Ooh, that's so cool. Yeah, I know. No, I'm like cool and retro and shit. But no, yeah, yeah, I use it to plug in my credibly fancy iPhone <laughs> into the little tape deck.
0: I don't think anybody talks about how amazing that technology is. You have tricked yeah. a tape to play a CD through. That's fucking nuts. It's crazy. <laughs> like you can't do that with a CD and a record now. Like it's like combining.
2: <laughs> Analog and digital. It's,
0: it's crazy. We and it's like, oh shit! I don't want to pay three dollars for another one of these at Radio Shack. I left mine at the fucking sinkhole. Uh, and like, no, this is one. This is one of the most amazing pieces of technology we've ever seen. This is awesome. Yeah. Automatically yeah. convert your music into a cheaper format. Cool.
2: I went through yep. so I, many of
1: those in high
0: school.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's fun though because I'm so used to the sound it makes if I'm not playing music. But then if anyone else gets into my car, they're like, what is that? Something's wrong. Because you can hear it sort of spinning slowly. Yeah.
0: I know it. I know it. I'm I'm old. We're all old. It's like the
2: sound of my CD player alarm clock that would always wake me up. The spinning would wake me up before the actual (laughs) song started. And then it would be just me getting ready to the sounds of Jane's Addiction. High school was awesome. (laughs)
0: Uh, it was, was Goldfinger, balancing a CD player with no shock protection on my leg, hoping I don't have to break too fast and it falls to the floor. Uh, <laughs> movies of two thousand and a half. Don't get too excited, Diana. Women,
1: it's ah. not that
0: movie. Uh, John Standing, sorry, John Standing and Matthew Delamere. I've never heard uh, of this.
1: We had a, a Peter Greenaway joint, which means it's going to be artsy and weird, and a lot of people are going to really hate it. No one especially likes this one. Or, well, I guess some people do, but yeah, it's about these guys who like try to collect women. Like they try to make themselves a harem. Hmm.
0: This sounds like it would hold up great. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait to see this remade. Let's uh, move on. Here's a movie I did not like uh, Sir, Walton uh, Sir Walton Goggins. Sir
1: Walton Goggins. Sir
0: Walton Goggins. <laughs> Xander Berkeley, Lucy Liu, uh, Owen Wilson, and Jackie Chan, and Shanghai Noon. Jackie ah, ah. Chan ah. Oh 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 Ah, Come on Roy. Be the bullet You can do it Oh no you can't. He's gonna kill you And Lucy Liu ah. This Memorial Day The Old West Meets the Far East One Two uh, I did not I love Rush Hour, um, but I did not love this I'm so close to loving this Because yeah.
1: again, we got our an action comedy western, everybody mm-hmm. Nice, okay Ten years exactly later And there's so much I like about this And it is so fatty around the middle I don't know what the fuck they were thinking mm-hmm. Where, well, first of all, you can tell I think a couple subplots are missing That got cut out But, like, Walton Goggins is the bad guy for most of the movie. And then, like, halfway through, he disappears and now Xander Berkeley is the bad guy. And then Walton Goggins shows up again at the end. And it's like, I totally forgot you were in this, Walton Goggins. (laughs) Shoo, y'all got me politicking. Are you trying to rescue people? Are you trying to get gold? Are you trying to get Xander Berkeley? It's so... Just jumbled up and unnecessary hmm. so much of the time when this should be pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, I feel like this this is this should have been like Rush Hour three, like when they're completely out of ideas. Instead, it kept working, and I just never liked the Shanghai series. It's only two movies, right?
1: It's only two movies, and Shanghai Nights is abysmal.
0: I, I think I'm mixing mixing them up a little bit. It's like it's that perfect embodiment of like Jackie Chan not working as well when directed by Americans. And yeah, not- But
1: that's the, that's the thing There are still some really cool fights in this Yeah, even the
0: trailer, like, this looks way better than I remembered Maybe I'm thinking too much of Shanghai Knights
1: Yeah, I mean
0: Catching I tomahawks like, out of the air, that's dope
1: Yeah, this, I mean, there's some deeply uh, Weird and insensitive Stuff with Native Americans Who, they're supposed to be in Nevada, but I'm pretty sure they're speaking Lakota Sioux mm-hmm. Sure But they mostly seem to be played by Native Americans So uh, that's nice, I guess but, like, they keep getting into predicaments, and then the same day, Sex Machina keeps showing up over and over and over, and it's, like, just sloppy. It just, so much of it is just sloppy and so unnecessarily bogged down all the time. And it's just like, look, get p- from point A to point B to point C and put fights in between. And all the fights are cool, but they just they meander around so much of the time that it's, like, it was- into the fireworks yeah. factory. You can't have
0: that many fights. I can never tell if Owen Wilson had his nose broken. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Jackie Chan poning a bunch of dudes with a horseshoe on a rope, was, it's really cool.
0: That's, I remember, okay, I, that was all right. I remember that.
1: Scene. That's really yeah, cool. That part's uh, not
0: Matrix in real life. Uh, and oh, oh speaking Ew. of Matrix in real life, I, I, I've come around on this. Um, man.
2: Again, let me go back. Yeah, let me go back to what I said at the beginning. We're going to be talking about movies that are not good, but still pleasing to the eyeballs.
1: And I find that to be this next movie
0: uh, Anthony Hopkins. Some other names I don't feel like pronouncing. Brendan
1: Clouse. Raid Sabergia, you. No, there were too many fucking
0: weird symbols in there. God, Brendan Gleeson—he
1: is. Hey, it's that guy who plays every Russian general and every know. Russian gangster.
0: Uh, John Paulson, Richard Roxburgh, great name. Ving Rhames, uh, Thandi Newton, Douglas Scott, and Tommy, <laughs> Tommy Schwami Cruz, uh, and Mission Impossible Two. Agent located. Good morning, Mister Hammond. This is not mission difficult. It's mission impossible. This summer. Oh, I'm mad now. Ha <laughs> ha! Anything. You're having fun is difficult. should be a walk in the park for you. Possible. Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. This message will destruct in five seconds. Mission Impossible 2 starts tomorrow everywhere. Oh, oh. <laughs> so much to say. Can I, give okay. a, can I give a little history here? Because, like, this is we just watched Logan in my household. And uh-huh. my girl was like a, a Sort of astonished Like Geez Why did Hugh Jackman Do so many of these And like Oh this is that New deal thing Because franchises Kept falling apart Because they like Hire somebody And they contract them And they would not never Give them any more money No matter how much The movie's made And then I remember The news of Tom Cruise Signing on a Mission Impossible And the, the Entertainment news Was like Why And like Well one He's a fan And two mm-hmm. They gave him Absolute control And like like yeah. turn down rights Over who directs And what style it is. And the only reason we still get these movies is because Tom Cruise really likes to do it. And the more he he does it, I think the more interesting they get. And there's no better example of that than Mission Impossible 1, where I don't think anybody hits anybody. Ever. Yeah. (laughs) No no one ever (laughs) hits anybody. An elevator hits Emilio Estevez in the face.
2: Well, I mean, it, I would say that it's bloodless, but there are some, obviously, some great, very tense action sequences in Mission yeah. Impossible. Yeah, um, hanging off a
0: helicopter. and it, Yeah, I mean,
2: obviously, the lowering down into the the room, you know, just, that's iconic. But this is, you, um, you, know,
0: you have no evidence that Tom Cruise is, like, either doing someone a favor or he has complete control, and I didn't know this until recently, by how long his hair is. He's always mm-hmm. required to cut his hair. <laughs> For major motion picture movies, but he naturally grows his hair out, and this is the only Mishposh where he has it like really long. It opens in, I think, a, a, a stunt everyone remembers,
2: uh-huh. and we're like, mm. yeah, that's Tom Cruise well, he- doing his own
0: stunts. Like, yeah, he's like the executive producer deciding everything. That's yeah. he's making yeah. good choices here, and this movie is silly. And what do you? What's a good way to say that? It, like, whenever we watch an '80s movie, and like, ah, I love '80s movies. I don't think there's a lot of like. That's a 2000s movie. This right. movie is wearing its era on its sleeve and doesn't give a shit. It's awesome. The
2: technology is there. The fashions are there. Everybody's soundtrack. The soundtrack, like, the, soundtrack
0: oh the, the flowing extreme, leather.
1: Extreme over the top. The fucking yes, the fucking
0: movie. Bono. oakley's it, On every character.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, the fact yes. that it's directed by John Woo. Oh,
0: Ooh, brings yeah. And the doves.
1: Who's it up? The whole movie. I'm like, where's the fucking doves?
0: And if if we like, we did a podcast last uh, two years ago about like what we like about the mission impossible series. And it is when they get a little ridiculous and dangerous. And like, this has a ton of that stuff. That motorcycle fight scene is hilarious.
2: Uh, The motorcycle fight scene, the knife scene, (laughs) which by the way is also Tom Cruise where a knife, you know, they have, they're having a knife fight and a knife comes like less than a centimeter from his eyeball. That's him. Doing that stunt. Yeah, we did a great podcast a couple years ago all about all the Mishpas movies because I love all of them. They all have a special place in my heart. This one is, from the story-wise part of it, Mm -hmm. the worst out of all of them because it is Mm -hmm. ridiculous over the top. Totally gobbledygook. Mm -hmm. But it is so fun to watch in context.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, this is... This is what I would consider like a good, bad movie. Yes. This is the kind of – because like it's not good because it is so ridiculously over the top 100% of the time. And just when you think it's not going to get any dumber over the top – Oh, it gets dumber.
0: They just it had a motorcycle fight, and now they're going to drive full speed at one another on fucking Ducatis at two hundred miles an hour, jump off, and collide chests in midair, and start
1: punching each and, other, in and the air. get
0: yeah. licks on one another before they hit the ground. Uh-huh. It's wonderful.
1: It's <laughs> so <laughs> the story
2: is not important, but it's a basically about a evil pharmaceutical company. That is trying to release a dangerous biological weapon.
0: Didn't even uh, Because
2: then they can release the cure to it. It's very.
0: Stop it. You're getting well, all the. Go. Oh, yeah. The well, COVID or something.
1: Let's, let me say a couple things about the screenplay. Number one, credited screenwriter is Robert Town, who wrote Chinatown. What? What? <laughs> the- I have no idea how he got involved in this project. I have zero idea. But that's idea.
0: the beauty of Second Tom of- Cruise. Tom Cruise yeah. gave us jj abrams as a movie director he gave Mm -hmm, us brad bird as a live action director he can do whatever the fuck he wants
1: but second of all plot wise this movie is alfred hitchcock's notorious Mm -hmm.
0: and if you have seen hitchcock
1: notorious you know what i am talking about because it is about a guy sending a woman with loose morals undercover with an ex-boyfriend to try to get his secret spy information including a scene at the racetrack where they pretend to meet up and swap information wow notorious is actually a great movie with cary grant and ingrid bergman and it is as sexy as fuck for 1946 i mean like damn like the senses were all over it like that's too much kissing this is too much panting stop it this movie Mm -hmm. and i love tansy newton they have no chemistry none none it is like
2: (laughs) two logs of wood just like Trying to seduce each other. It is naked.
0: Yeah.
2: Naked at all. Oh, my goodness. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out like, oh, yeah, no, they hated each other the entire time. It's fine. Right. It was um, like, that's,
0: that's the thing. Like, yeah. it, it, This is it's so bizarre so because Tom, Tom Cruise has full control, and I think he's listening to a lot of people who want to make a really cool now movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when J.J. J. Abrams comes on board, to his credit, the series kind of figures out what it is and what its through line is and that it needs a supporting cast of people to care about, which it doesn't mm-hmm. have for two films. Yeah. It's like everyone's murdered except for Ving Rhames. And, yeah. it, and then it gets better after well, that, except for I would watch this over Rogue Nation any day of the <gasps> week. And I love oh. Fallout and I love Ghost Pro.
1: Ghost Prote is yeah, I... so good. I like Rogue Nation. Yeah, I prefer Ghost Pro totally. But, but Rogue Nation, mean, I don't know why people had as much a problem with it. But- it just didn't
0: do anything special.
1: It was okay. Yeah, but it still did what it was it, doing. It felt well. it
0: felt like a, it felt like one of those like off Bond movies. And then the next movie was better than any Bond movie I've seen in years. <laughs> Fallout. Sure it's great. Yep. And-
2: yeah. I um I think what happened here is it's just very interesting to watch if, if you watched all the films in a row, like we did a couple of years ago for the mm. podcast, it is very interesting to watch the evolution happen. Where mm. I think Mission Impossible One it is so—I mean, it's Brian De Palma. It's very stylish. It's very tight. I feel like I don't know how to necessarily put it, but
0: it has—it has, it's, a, it has it's a classic. Cool. Feel. It has a very it's, classic feel to it with some yes, modern technology. Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's very cool. Mission Impossible Two is the opposite. It's very uncool. Yes. It's it's trendy. It's not cool, and mm-hmm. so it's just the pendulum swung so far, and then like after all the films after that, found more of their footing, and it's like right in the middle. Yeah,
0: it was like Tom Cruise came mm-hmm. back from the summer and the, at the end of Greece, and like, just why do you look like this now? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you smoking?
2: Well, you know, and he was going through a thing, you know. I think one of the, la- the last Tom Cruise movie we talked about during his time period was um, uh, my favorite Christmas movie, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's going through some stuff with the wife, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's growing out his hair. He's having some sort of
1: a midlife crisis, yeah. I feel he like. you had to
0: imagine her fucking that military dude. She said she yeah. would not anything.
1: Gosh, was Magnolia his most previous film? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Magnolia. Then, well, I mean, th-
0: oh, I think I we think... discussed with Eyes Wide Shut. He was like filming that off and on for like eighteen for, like, months.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, forever, for two years.
2: Right. Yeah, I forgot about Magnolia. He's
0: got, like, I think I think people are too used. Tom Cruise has a much more prolific. He has a much more prolific output now than he did then because he was like in a movie like every two or three years at the most. Now you might get him showing up yep. annually, but uh, I don't care if he does any other movie ever again. Just be in Mission Impossible. I really, really <laughs> like that last film. It was very, I, very good.
2: He, we've all heard my feelings about Tom Cruise over and over again. I think he's our greatest living American actor. Uh, and I think Say his plane, he's incredible. <laughs> and I'm really glad that he, I mean, I think he's like settled into a good place right now. But if you look at his body of work, his range is really quite impressive. Yeah. That is Freaking true! I think he's just having fun now and doing things like American Made, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that, it's fantastic. I feel really? like that's the last
1: thing I saw him in, though, and that was like three was, years that ago. Was,
0: that was way longer ago than that. Oh god, but three years
1: ago? Yeah, American Made than Fallout twenty eighteen, and that's it. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. The most
0: recent thing. He didn't see whenever Live, Dive, Dive, the repeat. Top
1: Gun sequel comes out. God knows. Oh, Lord help yeah. us. It was supposed to be out by now, I
0: think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, the homeboy got two movies delayed in that shit. Uh, they were supposed to mm-hmm. shoot in Venice, for the next Mission Impossible movie.
1: Right, right. No
0: shooting in Italy right now. And with that, we get into television. A show, I believe, I heard one of the executive producers say in an interview how odd it was to work on a show that not one single person who worked on it cared about in any way. Malcolm and Eddie... <laughs> has its (laughs) finale it was like it was one of the most depressing things i'd ever heard actually like was just weird like to like from the cast to the crew to the creators like nobody cared about malcolm and eddie who worked on it
1: hmm ah but it's malcolm Jamal warner and eddie griffin
0: it is but it's sort of like it's it's the full house producer guy and it's sort of like sitcom by numbers hey you know these guys let's waste eddie griffin four years of eddie griffin's career on this horse shit sorry i just watched undercover Mm -hmm. brother and i kind of miss eddie griffin Um, And and, uh, I thought, in more interesting news, now I had this for last week, so I I did my research then, I I forgot a little bit of it. Dawson's Creek True Love airs, it's their season finale, and it features the first ever male gay kiss on primetime television. And it might not just be on primetime television, it might be all television. And Mm. to contrast that, I went and looked up the first woman-on-woman kiss, the Roseanne kiss Right. Is is six mm-hmm. years ago. And wow. uh, it, it, the woman-on-woman kisses may date back to, like, L.A. Law in, like, hmm. 86. Yep. No men have ever kissed one another in the history well, of, 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 like, network television.
2: I think it's notable, too, that it was a passionate kiss. Yes. Like, between two men who are obviously lovers, mm-hmm. not, you know, like, a <laughs> on a dare, we're yeah. just going to peck each other. Not, like, Bugs Bunny, like,
0: not Pugs Bunny but, kissing Elmer Fudd.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is a big deal. This is a big
0: But how big much episode. longer it took for society to be okay with men kissing on television than women? It's like it's mm. decades. It, mm.
1: That's Because craziest. I blame the patriarchy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's can... considered worse. It's a betrayal of masculinity to like to kiss boys you can chalk but that one up the patriarchy are, i guess all kind of by or something i don't know
0: No, they're soft and not stubbly it's wonderful you should try it it's it's, mm. it's wonderful
1: there are pros and
0: cons sure to each this just
2: yeah but this is also the episode where that the dawson crying meme came from
1: <gasps> no way
2: <laughs> so even more important for history
1: <laughs> i do oh. love that face yeah. yeah, it is the epitome of ugly crying. His it's whole face is just—it's wrinkled in half. It's folded yeah. <laughs> to half the height that it normally well, is because it's so wrinkled it
2: up. Doesn't help that the hair is so feathery and and, and fl- <laughs> slippery, You know what I'm saying? That's not a word, but you know, it's just so feathery.
0: <sighs> oh goddamn! it. Oh, good times. And, and, yeah. uh, and news of other news of shows I don't know anything about, but tried to learn. Michael J. Fox leaves. Spin City on the Mm -hmm. 24th of May in 2000. Paving
2: the way for Charlie Sheen to take his place.
0: Yeah. And and under a tragic... I believe what I ended up... You know, like the show was never like a massive hit, but like Mm -hmm. it made it to four seasons. And it's like, come on, one more. And we get that sweet Cindy money. And they had to keep it going somehow. But it's like Michael J. Fox was diagnosed with Parkinson's two years ago. And it started to manifest very, very quickly. They had to introduce Mm -hmm. new cast members to do the job of his on-screen character because Michael J. Fox was having a hard time being on camera. And then after a while, Michael J. Fox, I think, makes... Just kind of a big adult, like, no, nah, I, I don't care if we go another season and make that sweet syndication, 100-episode money. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go. He said, I'm going to quit to spend more time with my family and devote my time to raising awareness of Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a really cool thing to do because other people might have waited that out and waited for things to get sad and weird. And when you hire Charlie Sheen, that can happen, too. And, and <laughs> <laughs> it didn't so much here that I know of, but like I don't like this show' I've never seen it I the only reason I stopped to watch it one time is like, ah, it's Cameron from Ferris Bueller
1: yeah it's, I think, it's okay yeah I mean I it's, it's a show what, uh, created by Bill Lawrence who did uh Cougartown and Scrubs mm-hmm. and Gary David Goldberg who did family Times or family ties and it's but it's got a really good cast. Oh yeah, very, Yeah, Barry Bostwick, Carly Cagino, Richard Kind, Alan Ruck, Connie Britton. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it's and got it was, a uh, solid cast.
0: I, I think I remember. It, but it's it's is it ABC doing the show?
1: Yes. It's it's yeah
0: inherently political, but like pretty toothless.
1: Oh, oh yeah, it's really toothless.
2: Yeah yeah. It's not. Come on no. it's not about politics. He's
0: a deputy mayor. <laughs>
2: like I was. It's not... a work. It's a workplace comedy. Oh,
0: he's the mayor of New York.
2: <laughs> How
0: I, I don't know. Like I, yeah. I, I was never. Listening.
2: I feel like Spin City would definitely be right in my wheelhouse, honestly, because I a love all those comic actors, especially, especially Richard Kind, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I just never got a chance. It was syndicated, and I remember it would come on like after the evening news. Mm-hmm. Um, in Pensacola when I was growing up. So I would see episodes here and there. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely one that escaped my attention, unfortunately, but probably right in my wheelhouse. house. I may have to check it out. If this I mean, there's on longer.
0: It, I, I, for, I didn't look this up at all. The 27th early edition has its finale. I'm like, wait, what yeah. the fuck is this? <laughs> is this?
2: I loved early edition. It was a CBS show with, um, coach Taylor, um, who, Kyle Chandler. Ugh, I lost his name for a second. Um, you know, everyone's dad uh, plays a guy who starts receiving the Chicago, his Chicago newspaper every morning, Hi. a day early. So he can see things, obviously, before they are, they happen and hopefully prevent, you know, murders and accidents and all sorts of things he gets bored and with
0: winning the lottery.
2: Yeah, it's just a it that. was it was a very very sweet show, uh, kind of inspiring. I remember it was always kind of in the same block as "Touched by an Angel," um, mm-hmm. but it was I I really enjoyed it, um, at the
1: time. It's a very fun little concept, and Fisher Stevens is in it. That's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, it's one of those words like I never sought it out, but when I would see it, I'd be like, "This is really cute." Yeah.
0: And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's
2: you, can't
1: go, it's you the, can't go wrong with
2: Kyle Chandler
1: or cute show. can't go wrong with Kyle Chandler. He's just the best,
0: the biggest deal. And he was
1: adorable back then. He wasn't quite oh. daddy yet. I, I know. just Sort of like
2: cute. I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> both, Diana
2: and my both of all of our all, both of our eyes turned into heart. Basically no. now- I, I was trying to segue I just I gave up make a sentence
0: I just gave up like I'm gonna let the ladies Jill off over this for a second
2: like- <laughs> coach Taylor <laughs>
0: um the He's biggest so dependable. I can't even do it I can't get the <laughs> the biggest thing in my world was something i didn't actually get to see it's, it makes me feel much older than i am because i had to have this described to me by multiple friends because my hmm. vcr fucked up or something and i missed the last late night with conan o'brien with andy richter on it and i have never oh. and i i had never seen it until today and it's a bummer because it more resembles did you see by any chance uh, jimmy kimmel when fred willer died
2: no, um, So no. I thoroughly
0: recommend you do that because if you didn't know, and I don't, I don't watch a ton of Kimmel either, but like Fred Willard had kind of been appearing in monologue sketches for the last five years on that show. Hmm. Uh, playing God and Donald Trump, the ghost of Donald Trump's dad and Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Fred Willard, he's great. He can do all that uh, shit. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, penis enhancement salesman. And <laughs> they just made the whole show like about Fred. Like, one hour, Aww. we're going to show clips of his best stuff. Catherine O'Hara and Christopher Guest and Eugene Levy are going to zoom in and, and talk about Fred Willard. And, oh, I'm and was,
1: absolutely watching this when we get off of this. yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hilarious
0: I mean and tragic. And uh, <laughs> just, I can't do Fred Willard justice. I mm. forget who the ghost he was, but he was in, like, an old-timey revolution. At How do you know if Thomas Jefferson's been over to your house? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you go. Know all of your drains are clogged and your slaves are pregnant. And he just turns and smiles at the screen and makes the most inconceivable joke of 20, 2019 very funny again.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> As a hovering ghost, it was great. Uh, but but like, you'll get that vibe. And, and we know how the timeline shook out, but Andy Richter decides to leave Conan O'Brien. I, uh, we did a whole episode... Uh, a year or so ago with Sarah and Sam about the history of Conan Bryant's Tonight Show. You should, people who know the show know how important Conan is to me personally, but I haven't said enough kind things about Andy Richter because I think in weird ways, Andy Richter can, it was and continues to be occasionally funnier than Conan because you never, ex- you Conan always kind of, unless he's in a sketch or something written, he'll work within his wheelhouse, but Andy will say shit out of nowhere and was always cast to do weird things, and he was so much fun from 1993 to 2000 on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. It was a it was a huge hit to see that he wanted to leave. And as a younger man, can any of you imagine leaving a network show in 2000? Like, eh.
1: <laughs> leaving network to do what? Uh, Where is there to go? Andy Richter, Andy, con- Andy Richter controls, controls the, the universe.
0: universe. One of the greatest underrated shows ever. Unbelievably yeah. good. Uh, I, I Andy Richter wanted to stretch his wings, and like he really was a, a sidekick. He was cast as a sidekick, a guy who like his job is. To, can you imagine if your job was to show up somewhere every day and just sit there and maybe say something? Like it's kind of a weird gig.
1: Sounds like a dream.
0: I guess it does. The older yeah. I get, like that I get to sit wonderful.
1: down. Except oh. for the wearing makeup part, sure. So it, in, just sit there.
0: In this episode, it's just like tonight. Andy Richter only and Andy Richter comes out for the monologue they play clips they do their recurring sketch the the staring contest Andy Richter, which you remember the Conan O'Brien staring contest first, mm-hmm. war, first one, to, one to first one to lose their cool loses and basically like silent far side sketches would occur behind them with actors <laughs> the first one I remember from this one was a, a a referee came out with two quarterbacks, flipped a quarter, and it landed, and one of them is Rob Riggle, and he leaves, and the other football player just starts massaging the referee. <laughs> like, it, it's just little little things like that, like why Co- the Conan show was so brilliant, and Andy Richter wins with, at the time, this was pretty nuts, four old people come out and all have tearaway clothing, strip away, and get completely naked, like four very, very old people start dancing behind Andy's head. They They do sketches and because I'm a sucker for emotionally manipulating sarah uh jimmy Kimmel, for instance cries all the time on the show but conan mm. conan o'brien does not you and
2: i have that in common yeah
0: <laughs> conan, conan o'brien does not and and like there is a really i encourage you to watch this clip it's a very odd heartfelt like where andy has to like ask why why are you leaving exactly he's like i don't know i didn't know it was going to be this weird uh and it's not a sketch or a bit it's just like complete late night earnestness and it's yeah that's our show for the night i just wanted to uh say very quickly it's just not easy to do but um it was when i got
1: this show i was it was a very difficult time for me it was a really big challenge and uh i would not be here today if this guy hadn't made it so fun for me and i love
0: you and i think we all love you very much and we wish you the best and, uh, you know, like I don't know, just like back Aww, in the day.
2: Oh you know I love friendship, damn it. <laughs>
0: I, I watch, I have a bad diet of like sort of watching occasionally late night monologues for the night before. I don't see the kind of, I don't see the kind of people like cheering recurring bits or like Chris Elliott on David Letterman, but like the mm-hmm. whole audience seems to know who Andy Richter is and is genuinely bummed and shouting his name. People showed up wearing his name on shirts. Like it's, <laughs> it's, It was a beautiful thing, and I don't know if you watched it. We have it on our Patreon, that Conan O'Brien special. My favorite part of that is the stuff that celebrates Andy Richter. It is... Mm Him showing up on Yolanda as my sidekick is way out of control, and he's just wearing leather pants and a shirt that says "lick." <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and he was in every episode of Late Night, yeah. right? Yes, up With until this Conan. point. Yeah, it's such it's so interesting because Late Night was like so fresh and new. Like Conan was just doing stuff that was so weird and off the wall and very young feeling, and yet he was the only one who had a sidekick, just like Ed McMahon. Very old school, yeah. Hmm. And it's like – and, you know, Letterman didn't have that and Jay Leno didn't have that. I
0: believe the story was like Andy Richter was hired as a writer Mm -hmm. and Conan was not a performer and kind of needed someone out there to make him feel more comfortable. And I think that's why he got so emotional is because like I don't don't know if he could have shown up on his own on camera like completely Mm -hmm. fresh without his co-writer Andy sitting there next to him, which I swear – I can do a billion podcasts. I could never do this without one of you. It's mm. really too nerve-wracking. Uh, mm. I, I can't to do just it. just talk. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. Like, yeah. you get real yeah, Rush a lot Limbaugh easier
1: to your... have a conversation. I remember there was a lot of pressure, especially early on, to get rid of Andy Richter.
0: Really, yeah. People
1: did not think he was funny. They thought his delivery was off. He was boring. What does he add to this show? He brings it down. Like, he has, such, he has no energy. And it's like, yeah, because he's very very dry and it did take him a little while to get like how to play better to the camera if Mm -hmm. you watch any of the first season it's sort of like everyone's just looks really nervous yeah
0: Mm. because they were he got there and and, and it's just so weird because like to talk about it and i i I missed it there was nowhere to see fucking late night 20 years ago Mm. and i saw it now finally because like nbc doesn't care about conan clips being uploaded to youtube (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and But the weird thing is, because of the way sh- shit ended up shaking out, Andy's been w- with Conan more than he hasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah.
0: That's so strange to me, because to me, this is like a huge, huge loss. Like, I don't know if I can watch the show anymore than Andy. Anyway, Video Games of 2000, um, May 22nd to 28th. This is important, people. Not oh, just- wait. Mm.
1: He skipped Inherit the Oh, he
0: didn't skip. Sorry, go back to television. Er. George C. Scott, oh, my groin, and Jack Lemon. Yeah. uh, This is, I I mean,
2: I haven't seen this version of Inherit the Wind, but I mean, it's a, this is a TV movie based on a play um, about the Scopes monkey trials, um, which is not a trial where a monkey is put
0: in a mouthwash trial and
2: accused of criminal acts, which is, I kind of wish it was, but more about teaching, more about teaching evolution, which is, not as fun but you know this has been made into a a movie and you know it's it's It's, been done and done and done but it this is so great i mean jack Lemon works
1: yeah yeah it's a good play it works there's a lot of good arguing and being on trial and taking the stand and and i I have a little clip of jack lemon doing you know a lawyer
2: speech, and it is—it's great, man. He's just fucking great. I don't, I don't know how I else came to put from it, you know. Monkey
0: either, but where did we come from? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Does "right" have no meaning to you, sir? At the risk of prejudicing the case of my client, I must tell you
2: that "right" has absolutely no meaning to me whatsoever. Truth has meaning as a direction, gentlemen. But one of the peculiar imbecilities of our time is the grid of morality we have placed on human behavior, so that every act of man must be measured against an arbitrary latitude of right and the longitude of wrong, in exact minutes, seconds, and degrees. You understand what I'm talking about, Howard? No, sir. <laughs> well, maybe you will. Your excuse, son.
1: This boy may not understand, but I do. I've seen what you can do to a jury, twisting and tangling them. No one's forgotten the Endicott Publishing case, where you made the jury believe that the obscenity was in their own minds. It was immoral what you did to that
0: jury, tricking them, judgment of confusion. You think you can get away with that
1: here?
2: I'm not trying to get away with anything, Counselor. All I want to do is prevent the clock stoppers from dumping a lot of medieval garbage into the United States Constitution. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Jack nice. Jack Lemmon, Lemmon twenty twenty. Is he still around?
1: Oh, no, shit. he's not. Actually, George C. Scott wasn't around when this aired. He wow. passed away oh, really? in uh, in nineteen ninety nine. This is oh, his wow. last role.
0: He does not look good. Wow. But they are in a sweaty courtroom, so <laughs> with the clearly no no AC at that time.
2: Yeah, um, is this where the, well, I'm just a country lawyer, no, is that Matlock. where this came from? Because it kind of looked like it.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's Matlock, baby. Um, gotcha. I and,
1: feel like there's a little bit here, yeah.
0: And I, again, we will have to dig into the video games longer on the Patreon show, but I wanted to rattle off uh, a rare in, a Nintendo 64 game, uh Bomberman 64, the second act, a sequel that came out a little too late for that console cycle. Daikatana, if you remember the advertisements. (laughs) yeah, Uh, That's Diana's DJ name? No. That is uh, (laughs) George Romero's follow-up to Doom where the advertisements read, George Romero's going to make you his bitch. Oh, no, John
1: Romero. George Romero Romero would have been better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And I want to give a shout-out to... It
1: took a million years to come out. Yes,
0: and it was terrible right. and forgotten immediately. I want to give a shout out to our buddy Hot Dad. It does a theme song for some reason on his page. He posted a parody of that ad. This, is, this summer, John Romero is going to make you let make you <laughs> make yeah. you let him suck your dick. It was all I could do to not share that to all my family and friends. Hot Dad, I love you. Um, and then a huge, huge game. Expansion pack required, N64 fans. Perfect Dark. The follow-up to the breakout hit, Goldeneye, uh, came Woo. out and completely passed me by. It was rare trying to to make Goldeneye again without the James Bond license, creating a, a, a character called Joanna Dark as its protagonist. It was massive. It was huge. It's one of the most impressive things that's ever been on the Nintendo 64 with way too many multiplayer options that I found very, very, very confusing and uh, kind of not foreboding, but uh, it, it scared me. I was like, Jesus! I don't know where to start here. I never got into it as a result of being the follow up to one of my favorite games, and I think a lot of people didn't understand that either. They wanted a Golden Eye two uh, mm. or Tomorrow Never Dies, and it's a uh, it has two entries in the series, and then it was done. But like this game got. In- incredible reviews one of the most well-reviewed games for the Nintendo 64 came out really late in its life cycle get it on Rare Replay we will talk about this more with the Vigi Game Apocalypse guys I assure you they played more than me let's close out of 2000 right now with one of the least favorite bands in the universe Matchbox 20 if you're from Florida you'll know formally Tap the Secret yeah. they played around here that much uh If You're Gone, a song I hate very much. Uh We will close out with that. We won't be gone, though. We'll be right back with 2010, so stay there. I
2: know it's wrong It's a problem I'm feeling If you're gone Maybe it's time to come home
1: There's an awful lot of freedom But I can hardly move Mr. And Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of May 22nd through 28th, two <laughs> two recommendations uh, that are fun. Uh, actually, let's make that, it's almost four. Uh, it's a hell of a week 50 years ago this week for black filmmakers because Melvin Van Peebles' Watermelon Man and Ossie Davis' Cotton Come to Harlem come out on the same day? <laughs> I, I had no idea. Um, not my favorite from either of them, but it is worth mentioning. Anyway, moving on. Uh, also that same day, one of the weirdest sequels of all time, and I'll see whether or not Chris's microphone is on or not when I say this, is the 50th anniversary of Beneath the Planet of the Apes.
0: Uh, it is the, <laughs> it is the uh, third best Planet of the Apes movie from the Char- from the Charlton Heston uh, Quintology what, but is
1: this not the one that ends with the destruction of the Earth? It
0: ends with a guy who narrates Disney's Haunted Mansion telling you an insignificant planet called Earth is now dead. And that's the end of the and, movie.
1: <laughs> and yet there's more sequels. But and, yeah, it's uh, it's the follow-up to the first one. Uh, this one is about a bunch of weirdos who worship an atomic bomb in a cave. It's pretty good. I like it. And then uh, I'll recommend that, but the obvious recommendation, I don't even have to say this, though... 40 years ago this week, May 23rd, 1980, saw the release of Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. Obviously the best version that TV miniseries tried to go back to the book, but yeah, come on. I mean, it's... I know Stephen King hated this because it stripped out a lot of the subtext and weirdness that's going on in his book that is clearly about recovering from alcoholism, but holy shit, it's The Shining. It makes nothing scary it makes a kid riding a bike scary a kid walking in the snow scary a guy walking down a hallway scary yeah if you've never bothered to see the shining because it sounds like it's too scary it's scary but it's not gory it's not you know friday the 13th or a slasher movie or anything it's mostly psychological horror about this guy breaking down while he's locked in a building so okay maybe not the best time for that i take it back maybe don't watch the shining right now but at some point maybe after quarantine watch the shining 40 years old this week and that's it for this week stay classic i'm gonna let you stop me from causing me i say i'm gonna do
0: something i do it i don't give a damn what you think i'm doing this for me so fuck the world feed it beans it's gassed up everything's stopping me without a
1: title i'm tired of all those who look down on me i'm tearing down your balcony no fans of bustle try to ask
2: him why how can he from infinite down
0: to the last remaining coming in 2010 with a uh, mnms not afraid i did not feel like there was 10 years separating those songs oh my I god i did not either wow it is number 1 this week Man. you
1: see an evolution of style and quality there mm-hmm. i know marshall Mathers' lp is pretty great but I think I prefer some of his more later stuff.
0: The best artists grow with you, D. Yep. And uh, new releases in 2010, May 22nd uh, to the 28th. Uh, Treats by Sleigh Bells. Face Melter by Y&T. And the self titled album by Stone Temple Pilots. Their final album with their original plan. Yeah.
1: Shows you I'm how sure. much
0: creativity they had left. They couldn't name yeah, the album. I'm,
1: sh- I'm sure they broke up over creative differences and no other reasons at all. I
0: heard, uh. I heard Scott Weiland's Christmas album. There's no reason to do that.
1: With um, not a lot of reason. Welcome. There are a lot of things he did he shouldn't have done. Welcome to. to <laughs>
0: <laughs> welcome to 2010. Sounds like we have a velvet revolver hater over here. Um, <laughs> he went to
1: my high school. P.S. He went to my high school.
0: Uh, 2010 movies, Shrek Forever After is still number one at the box office and everything is bad. Um, but it's, it's a glimpse of the bad timeline we live in now. Michael Lionsdale, Oscar Isaacs, uh, Max Mandela, Rachel Wise in Agora. I don't know this movie, Dime.
1: This pretty much didn't get released in the U.S., uh. but I wanted to throw it out there because, first of all, it is part of a theme of uh, the Middle East and Northern Africa that we're going to be talking about for three different movies. Wow. Mm-hmm. And second of all, it's the highest grossing Spanish film that year. I mean, in Spain. Directed by Alejandro Amenabar, who's a great filmmaker. And it's about something incredibly interesting that doesn't get made movies about mm. stuff. So, hmm. yeah, roll it. It'll give you a little taste of it. Hmm. And then I'll explain. As long as God grants me the strength, I will
0: purify this city.
1: Ah! All these years I've been studying...
0: To unravel this. Why should this assembly accept the counsel of a woman? Enough, boo women! <laughs> oh God, I did not know Oscar Isaacs has been around. Has been with us that long?
1: Yeah. Well, we had him in Robin Hood, uh, eating some scenery a year or a month or two ago. No, Yuck. last yeah. week. Yeah, last, last week. week. Yeah, Gross. last week feels like a month or two ago. Uh, Isaacs. No, this is. Yeah, I mean it's a Spanish-made English-language historical drama about Hypatia of Alexandria, who is a fourth-century philosopher, scientist, right astronomer, uh, back when Rome still controlled Egypt. And it's about her trying to, you know, figuring out uh, whether or not the universe or the solar system is centers around the sun or the earth. And also, there's like this ton of conflict between the Christians and the people who are still pagan. There and you know, the Roman Empire is falling apart, but it's still going strongish there. And that's just there's so much there that's like, oh, that's historical shit. We never ever get to see in a movie. That's pretty cool. Whenever there is anything about the Romans versus Christians, and it's you know, very pro Christian, and this was uh rough enough on Christianity that like they screened it for priests to make sure they were like cool with it, and they showed it in the Vatican, and they were like, yeah, it's okay.
0: Yeah. I didn't see any boobs in there. Um, uh, yeah, everything's yeah, cool.
1: well, you, know you know, they don't like that. Mm. Yeah. But they <laughs> didn't want to deal with like protests of them saying like, cause you know, we're early enough. That's like parts of the old Testament or parts of the new Testament might still be being written. Like these are real people that we're talking about mm. that are probably all saints now. So how do we feel about that? Huh. But unfortunately the, the reviews were not great stateside but like i said made a ton of money in spain hmm. and it's just it looks neat so i had trouble finding it but I'm, i think i'm gonna find it anyway just because like we never never it's... get to see female scientist sword and sandal toga movie <laughs> we never I mean, see female scientist
0: movies uh yeah. alone in the dark hello uh, <laughs> we're, 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 tara reed is michael <laughs> acclaimed scientician <laughs> that's true
1: <laughs>
2: Uh, can never forget that it's
0: so weird because if this movie came out 10 years, like today Mm -hmm. the movie that came out 10 years ago this would be the most controversial movie and it went by with a fucking whimper
1: Yeah,
0: Alfred Molina, Ben Kingsley Gemma Artaratone Mm, I don't know, Jake Gyllenhaal all these people playing people from Iran Um, (laughs) in tan makeup in Walt Disney's Prince of Persia The Sands of Time is no
2: ordinary dagger it has the power to turn back time
1: there are those who would do anything to possess it to protect the dagger with your life
2: you really enjoy telling me what to do that's all you got time
0: will erase everything
1: that's impossible
0: difficult not impossible Persia rated PG 13. Oh, you
1: see the through line from M- Mishpas 2 there?
0: I do. I do. Wow.
1: I, I am baffled. History rhymes, man.
0: I am baffled by this. A, it, for me, it's an interesting uh, and my least favorite one of my least favorite periods of Disney history. Uh, they had not bought Marvel yet. They had not bought Star Wars yet. And they were dying to make giant tentpole summer releases that appealed to men and women alike. And their best bet was a Jerry Bruckheimer movie based on a 2003 video game that they optioned immediately, by the way, despite a a poor sales performance, but a great critical performance. Prince of Persia Sands of Time is a wonderful, wonderful relaunch of the Prince of Persia series. That game is phenomenal. And I I, I like the whole trilogy. And and it's just, we're in a bizarre world now where Disney needs to reach out to companies like Ubisoft to adapt their products because they have, think about that, they have no Marvel, they have no Star Wars. Like, what are the kids into? Like, well, they were into this seven years ago. You're a little late. You're a little late. There's a new Prince of Persia out that doesn't involve any of this. And then Ubisoft made it more confusing by releasing another game set in the Sands of Time universe, undoing the 2008 Prince of Persia that never got another follow-up. And then there was just never another game again. I love the Prince of Persia series. It's very, very good. This movie is the opposite. It is Ooh, not is very bad. good at all.
1: This movie is not good. And no. It, the most, it is so boring so much of the time. I, I watched it and so like, this boring. is astoundingly
0: faithful to the video. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> if
2: I wanted to just watch a video game, I would just get my time machine, go back in time to you an ex-boyfriend.
0: <laughs> Sands of Time is easily available. You'd love it, Sarah. It's a great game. Very, yeah. very great game. Redefine the Prince of Persia series in all the ways it should have been. Uh, very, very good, but like, um, silliness. And like, I don't know, with, with 10 years of history of Marvel movies, like the idea of Disney making this is crazy. And it, as, as someone who likes Disney history, the Jerry Bruckheimer Disney collaboration mm-hmm. is done. It, it, like, it, it, like, it's once they bought those properties, it's like it never existed. Like they didn't work with those people anymore at all. I think that's crazy. Uh, nope.
1: I feel like they want to... I'm guessing the plan was this would be the new Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's, that's what that's it was. How, that feels and right. The the previous team up with Bruckheimer. And I thought, yep, that got guys in the door. It was adventure. It was action. But women like it too. It's a four-quadrant yes. mm-hmm. movie. There's lots yeah. of eyeliner.
0: Uh, yeah. My, my, my yeah. absolute favorite part. My Somebody sent me this at my hometown uh, alma mater elementary school. Somebody pulled up in a Prince of Persia Sands of Time movie Jeep. It was – I've never I, – I have the only picture of it in the world as far as I know. So if this was oh a custom God. job, my hat's off to you. If it wasn't, my hat's off to whatever marketer got that through. But like <laughs> – I don't know of many other amazing. movies that have their own car. <laughs> and somehow this movie did. This movie sucks. Yeah. And like-
2: it's so boring and it looks so fake that it's like – it feels like I'm watching a cartoon all the stunts, I mean, I understand it's supposed to, I guess, mimic the video game. So, like, they're basically doing, like, parkour that yeah. doesn't exist within the, the, this from realm the, of From the first Prince of Persia, of Persia
0: game made by two people, it was about parkour-style stuff. Right. And when it went 3D, like, oh, you can now wall run, and then you get this thing where you can rewind time if you fall to your death. And it was a really great thing to introduce to a series that was doing something so wildly new. People were going to fail at it a lot until they figured it out. It, it seems commonplace in games now, that kind of that kind of gameplay, but it wasn't in mm. 2003. Sorry, this is about the movie. And those are the things that are important about the game, and none of them can be adapted into this film. <laughs> <None> <laughs> yeah, and
2: I just like – I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he makes usually mm-hmm. very interesting choices. This one I'm like, oh, what – what are you doing,
1: babe? Yeah. Like he's basically apologized for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, true. I this was not a good fit for me. He did, I he did
0: a very classy apology. He's like, I, I I made this movie and learned what my limitations are. Like there are certain strengths I should play to, and this that wasn't that's, one of them.
2: That's and, the best. I mean, the accent, the everything. It yes. just wasn't. It's not good. The
0: brown face. It's wonderful. Mm. Ben Kingsley can get away with anything.
2: Ben Kingsley. I mean, remember when he used to be a mark of quality?
0: No, <laughs> almost never. <laughs> almost never. Not in my world. Like that dude stars in the worst shit ever. At
2: some point, though, he was
0: like he he got that Oscar for yeah. Gandhi, and then and then right. and then some like ten years happened, and there's Sexy Beast and everything in between, and afterwards is abysmal. Yeah,
1: yeah. House of Sand and Fog and Sexy Beast. Yeah. While we talk That's about, about Ori- Orientalism, <laughs> he
0: was a great Mandarin. <laughs>
1: Okay,
0: it's a he great man. That was mandate.
1: wonderful. That
0: was awesome. Yeah. Uh, but this movie sucks. But it wasn't the movie I saw in theaters this week. Uh, day one, I was there for the big wedding. Chris Knopf, Kim Cattrall, Cynthia Nixon, Kristen Tavis, mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex in the City Two. Wow!
1: One week, all expenses pay. for all four of us. I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Having a hot flash. You're on a camel in the middle of the desert. If you're not having a hot flash, you're dead. Forbidden experience coming at you.
0: Carrie! They spoiled it! Like Desmond and
2: Aladdin? Yes, but with cocktails.
0: Oh, Aiden shows up. They spoiled the TV spot. Fucking Fuck. movie.
1: Fuck I cannot oh. give it the finger hard Hold enough on. how much I hate. Literally. There is one good thing about this
0: movie. I, I, lady, ladies. And it is
2: the line. Ladies, where, I got this.
0: I got this. This is my no, takeaway. No. More like Lawrence of My Labia. God damn you. <laughs>
2: this is the only thing I wanted out of this episode hey, is to hey, be able to hey. deliver that line.
0: I saw this day one at a devotion so to a lady. I, not to the show. You the know, I think that's what's infuriating about when, when I remember watching this. There's a moment in the film where, um, Oh, I'm forgetting their character names, but uh, Charlotte and Cynthia Nixon sit down and talk at a bar. I'm like, this is what the show is—like
2: mm-hmm. yeah. them talking you about stuff. Deaf white ladies talking about how hard it is to be a mom. Well, but like while but like, they have like four nannies each.
0: But like mm-hmm. talking about talking about their real problems, and then when it, the rest of the movie to me feels like the Bruno movie. What's the fastest way we can get to a gag?
2: This movie mm-hmm. is so awful. It, it, it is yeah. so. Re- the ugly Americans, like they managed to just totally crap on like this whole all the culture, basically mm-hmm. and religion, religious practices in
1: Abu Dhabi. It's just I don't know who's shocking, whose brilliant idea was to take the Sex in the City girls and take them out of the city to <laughs> Abu Dhabi. Well, they took, took me really? to Mexico
0: in the last movie, so Charlotte could shit herself.
1: Right. (laughs) Fine. Yeah. No. See, the first Sex in the City movie, I feel like, is a parody of Sex in the City written by some guy who hates it, who's seen six minutes of it because his girlfriend liked it. Like, it had none of the good parts and only the shit you could make fun of. And this is baffling, this movie. It is so bad. It It makes zero sense. More than half of the movie, and I should actually – I keep meaning to go back and run it with a stopwatch. More than half of the movie is just shots of luxury items. Yep. 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 And it, – Why? It, every character, the
2: four main women, whoever wrote this script for them, knocked about 20 IQ points off of each of their <laughs> yes! characters. They are making choices and saying and doing things that we're supposed to believe that these four like professional cosmopolitan women are getting to Abu Dhabi and getting arrested for like kissing a man on the street after she's been told numerous times not to do that. Like, are you, are you serious? I'm saying this as a,
0: as a mild fan of the show who's seen every episode and I have the opposite of hate for the show, but I also never want to see it again. This Mm -hmm. was an abomination that should have offended every <laughs> fan of the show. Like, like I mean, there was there, there like I, I understand they're all affluent white ladies, but there was there was a bit of realism that I think television lacked that Sex and the City brought to the table, and this made them mm-hmm. cartoon characters. Oh yeah, like and not not good yeah. cartoon characters either. The kind of cartoon characters that would be hassled by Bugs Bunny, but the movie has no Bugs Bunny. Uh, we just have to watch. We just have to watch these Yosemite Sams tear ass through Abu Dhabi.
1: Yeah, let's just watch them walk around a a palatial hotel suite mm-hmm. and look at it and go ooh, and then they'll get into a fancy car and go ooh. I think yeah. it's, I
0: think it's a massive bummer and because it. like this and, is, then, th-
1: and then they run into which yeah I don't know why they put it in the trailer but then they run into uh Aiden, Aiden. Aiden. Yeah. who's supposed to be what a furniture restorer who also mm-hmm. owns a bar. Who is shopping in Abu Dhabi for a reason.
0: Have what no could
1: that be? Oh, I'm just here looking at stuff. Why Abu Dhabi? <laughs> Did you get tax breaks? Is that why? You couldn't go anywhere else. Take, take them to Miami. Go to Italy. Like Go to Italy.
2: Anything else. It is... Truly an abomination. The best part of the movie, and I, I mean, I was joking when I said Lawrence and My Labia is the best part of the movie. The best part <laughs> of the movie is actually the very beginning yes. when they are at the wedding between
0: Stanford. Mario
2: Cantone and Stanford. Stanford. Yeah.
1: And Liza Manelli. Sure. Don't seem out. to have much to do with each other. Never had anything in okay, common. <laughs> so I guess they're marrying each other now. But Liza Minnelli comes out and sings all the single ladies, and that is it's the only thing fantastic. of any quality yeah, in this whole absolutely. fucking movie. It's I was so good. offended on the most personal level, and I wasn't like a huge Sex in the City fan, but I watched it every week and I enjoyed it. And it was smarter than most people gave it credit yes, for.
0: I don't regret any any of my time watching Sex in the City. Embarrassing. And and this was written not by drag queens but drunk drag queens who won't apologize. I'm going to be I got to be me and Abu Dhabi's terrible. <laughs> why?
2: This is it, really it, it, it bummer. it's, it's a, a, just a huge bummer. I think
0: it's a great example of like this show would have been held aloft as an awesome thing if not for this film. Yeah. The last thing they left their fans with an impression of dissatisfied fans and made critics tear the shit out of it and reconsider why they ever liked it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole storyline with Carrie is that she back in New York, Big is treating her like shit, even though they're already married. And then she goes off to Abu Dhabi and she kisses Aiden, and we're supposed to believe like that, you know, that's so threatening to their marriage that she like, like, come on. Be Uh, an adult.
0: You could have gotten away with murder for that in the eighties. And (laughs) then
1: That's so stupid. Yeah, after it's we so see stupid. beautiful panning shots of their magnificent apartment and a closet right. and dressers have, and a TV I have, and I have a lot of opinions amazing. on this. Amazing. Her,
0: her, her, ending <laughs> up, her ending up with big to begin with is a line you should walk very carefully. And like the idea mm-hmm. that, like, well, let's follow her through the dream as it becomes stale and like you're ruining the series. You are ruining the whole series. Yeah. Like you're making, yep. you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna make this bad for e- my. X had watched this every day and in the entire plotline of this movie you are ruining what makes this guy special to her it was great that mm-hmm. she ended up with him eventually but like to show more of that holy shit you don't understand storytelling at all
1: my god I don't get it. I
2: don't get it either. I don't know if I can get it. Why am I complaining very, this very much bad. about sex in the But is? I will say this. Unlike Prince of
1: Persia, it's not boring. <laughs> really? I thought it was pretty boring because of the long shots of lux- them looking at luxury items. I mean, I they get in a luxury car to go to a luxury plane, and then they're in a luxury hotel. And if you if you cut that stuff down to 20 seconds each, okay. Okay. <laughs> Would still seriously be ten minutes at a time of them looking at fancy luxury items. Yeah,
2: I don't mind that so much because I feel like that was a lot of the show to me as well. Like, look at these shoes. Look at these outfits. Da da da. Look at the New York, and it's just like you got
0: I don't your really number mind ladies. that. I
1: felt like that was kind of a break for my eyeballs. No, just, like, I feel look like at s- pretty things, stuff like that would just be incidental to the show. They'd be talking about something else, but they're wearing interesting outfits. Like instead. Of talking about the relationship problems, they sat down together and talked for 10 minutes about their shoes and then talked about the relationship problems. No, they would just be there because they're clothes that they're just wearing. Yep. I hate this so much. It's, you guys. it's, 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 it's really it's ag- <laughs>
0: bad. And I'm not saying that because I want to shit on Sex and the City. I just want to make that clear. Like, I am kind of a fan. <laughs> it, yeah. It just, it just, it, it, this movie really bugged me and like had had ugly American all over. This movie it's is so embarrassing. Is, this movie is Marion in the Basket of Raiders screaming, but I'm an American for two and a <laughs> half hours. It sucks. It sucks ass. Uh, but oh God, I have to get into something else that sucks so much ass. Yep. Oh, can I talk about breaking bad fly first? No. Sure. No, I want to plug laser time because my 30 2010 co-hosts are on it talking about bottle episodes. The perfect laser time topic for a quarantine when, P- when uh, characters on TV shows end up getting confined together, no guest stars, no multiple locations. This is the episode where Walt finds a fly in the meth lab that is underground and hermetically sealed and goes absolutely insane for 50 minutes. And it is contentious with dummies. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's a great episode. But a lot of other people are like, nobody died or got threatened this episode. And like, Yeah, but you got to learn way more about both of these characters than you ever would have before. It's beautifully shot. Uh, It reveals a lot about both of them, about what they both know and are willing to acknowledge about what each other have done to one another, which is terrible. Terrible. Mm. They've done terrible things to one another. Uh, uh, This is a really good episode of Breaking Bad. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, everything you've heard is true or better. Um,
1: Amen.
0: Lost, on the other (laughs) hand.
1: Everything you've heard is true and worse
0: on a quick Google glance. I I got a lot of mostly defenders of Lost Mm. finale and Dave Rudden put the pressure on me and I said I'd watch it and then I started to, I'm like, I fucking hate this show. I fucking (laughs) hate this show. And it's not, it's not for the reasons I think most people,
1: do you hate the show or do you you hate the time you lost?
0: (laughs) That, that is the, the truly lost in this scenario. The alternate timeline where it's watching better things, uh, (laughs) The flash sideways, where I'm, where I'm actually watching Monk. That's such a good show. Why am I watching Lost? This sucks. Uh, it, it sucks so much, and I don't give Lost any credit for its flashbacks, which helped uh, establish backstory to all of its thirty characters uh, initially. But it was just fucking treading water. It didn't know where it was going. It didn't know what it was doing. And I'm not pissed about the idea. Okay. So I said last week it all led up to the reveal being that they were in purgatory or the afterlife are all dead. Apparently I'm wrong. Right. The flash sideways, following the flashbacks, following the flash forwards. The last season was flash sideways. And those were all art- alternate realities where the characters were dead and knew one another, but didn't know where they'd been or what they were doing. And like, how is this not stupid? How is this not a waste of our time? Why would it you is. show it to this? The, the, our, the whole season is all these characters meeting up again to realize that, yes, they are in fact dead, but not in the main timeline, the island timeline mm-hmm. that you've been watching, which, by the way, is magic due to water that's not brought out <laughs> by a funnel. Like, this is so stupid. And my whole problem with Lost was, like, every single season they didn't answer anything and then, like, there were people in the back of the plane. Now they're hunting us. Now we're best friends, and now they're all dead. Uh, it was mm. Ben Linus. Now Ben Linus is our best friend, and there's a new enemy. <laughs> and now they're now Desmond is our enemy. He's our best friend now. And then, like, it's, <laughs> it wasn't me. It was it was the man from Tallahassee? It was the secret <sighs> Jacob guy who wants to be the new secret Jacob guy. And like, no, this is all fucking. Horseshit. shit. Someone was looking over continuity, but they had no future plan for this show.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, and yep. So they just start. They just keep adding. They just keep yes. adding mythology after mythology after mythology, just constantly going forward, not looking at the rubble in their wake. Yes. As they just plow ahead.
0: A bunch of people ahead. end up on an yeah, island with with problems needed- that all seem to relate with a smoke monster and a thing that tore uh, uh JJ J. Abrams friend out of a plane and then I I remember specifically the third to last episode cuz this is a two-parter mm-hmm. the guys like Jack you got to go in this cave I'm like after all this a cave with a light bulb in it is <laughs> where we are going to solve everything and it was and it was mm-hmm. it was awful it was so awful and there's a reason why the show that everyone talked about forever mm-hmm. doesn't stream most places, and has never been rerun, because it's it's valueless. Like, it, it wasted your time. And every other show that mimicked Lost, failed miserably. I'm looking at you here. True. And 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 I, 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 I still don't forgive Lost for this. I couldn't get through this episode. It's two fucking hours. Uh, it has mm-hmm. some resolution to it, meaning certain characters just die. And then there's a mm-hmm. flash sideways where they don't. But they also are dead. And like, this is not as heady as you think it is. <laughs> this is not. No, there's 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 nothing beyond the surface level on this show. There's nothing to discover. It was all meaningless red herrings that were meant to yep. market a show. And it's why I get mad at JJ Abrams sometimes.
1: And yeah, I um, I guess there's sort of a good thing I feel like that's come out of this, which is I feel like I feel like people are a little more interested in in mini series. Yeah. And they realize things need to have an end. And if they, they end at the season and things are pretty, your central thing is resolved. And if if it's popular enough, you can bring it back for another season yes. that will resolve most of the things. Do
0: you remember how this yeah. worked? Like ABC was like, fucking enough of this shit. You have two more seasons of 13 episodes that run back to back. You don't. There is, yeah. this is leading to nothing. Mm-hmm. Executives saw, this is leading to nothing. You have nothing going yeah. on. And and there was no greater experience to Lost. There's nothing to learn from it. There's no greater conspiracy. It's, it, I, I'm really disappointed. Because I, I do like almost everyone involved. I think it had one of the best casts in television. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and, yeah, had a great cast. It had, I mean, seriously, a pilot for the ages. Yes. Oh, yeah. One and of the best pilots of life. all time. It should have been like two seasons.
0: One of the best first yeah. seasons of all time, for real. Like all, all the way through for the most part. Mm-hmm. I will never, yeah. ever forgive, forgive Charlie, uh, Marin. Mm-hmm. What's his name? I forget. He was in Rise mm-hmm. of the Skywalker for a hot second. Remember he was a junkie? He sang You All Everybody? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the Claire, his love interest with a baby that he's helping take care of, found out that he was a junkie and said, I can't have you around my baby. You took heroin five years ago. I'm like, <laughs> what network is this? Is this own? What are we? T- what is this? Like, the guy was addicted. there's no heroin on the island. What do you yeah, care?
2: You can't get what, like, junk on the island. I don't understand what the problem is. No, what kind of old timey horse
0: shit is because this? Because there's
1: a fucking plane full of it. It just happens upon. No, it, some that happened, happened to some afterwards. Other guy,
0: that happened afterwards. Oh,
1: that happens afterwards. And, okay. and like it's it's oh. it was
0: unbelievable. Like no human being would ever act like this. Everyone involved in this show is not good, and some of them have proved me wrong because Watchmen is excellent. Uh, yeah uh, Watchmen was excellent And The Leftovers I hear is very good But mm-hmm. uh, those guys Ruined a lot of things Carlton Hughes mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Damon Lindelhoff For quite a while And I think I've found their Niche in television But like I I regret few things But More than how much I spent Not only watching The, the time I spent Watching Lost With my friend I like I got to know Sarah through Lost Yeah mm-hmm. For real Like through my yeah. friend In school Who was dating Sarah that's how I know her. I don't regret those times at all. But my time obsessing Aww. over the internet and like, what does this all mean? Like, fuck you. This meant nothing. <laughs> None of these things meant anything. I, like, and no one's really ever done that ever since, I don't think. But uh, I think it bled into Star Wars a little bit with J.J. Abrams, like, yeah, we'll just lead them uh, along and maybe resolve things. And they didn't. And they nope. left a lot of people dissatisfied.
1: Yep.
0: And I, nope. I, I don't no. wanna...
1: Resolving does not equal undoing. There's yeah. a difference.
0: Yes. Uh I hate rise of Star Wars, <laughs> Patreon.com slash laser time. We have yeah. a three and a half hour episode of <laughs> episode three. I forgot the oh, name. Rudder. Uh, All right.
1: You want to talk about another show that lasted too long? Another yeah. show out of the early two yes. thousands that went a couple two seasons too long. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the last episode of twenty four, except for, for uh, the, the short season mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. But the actual end of twenty four, which that I haven't seen the 2014 uh live another day reboot but it's only 12 episodes and that's what they should have been doing yeah after the first couple seasons uh-huh. because it's really hard to come up with 24 hours worth of programming in one giant story. It
0: was so yeah. cruel. I remember watching that you on just DVD. just
1: start spinning wheels and getting stuck in cougar traps, Goddamn. Uh, on DVD,
0: like, every episode is real time, 24 hours. Not if you get the DVDs, because it's 15 hours. You're showing me fucking <laughs> nine hours of commercials. <laughs>
1: You well, Well, during the commercials, that's when everybody pees and eats. I know.
0: Yeah, I know. But like, but like, <laughs> when you watch it on DVD and like, how's Jack Bauer gonna get out of this one? I'm gonna have to saw the head off this guy. You can't do that. There's gotta be another way. We'll explore every option next week, and then like, the, the episode starts automatically because you hit play all, and Jack's sawing off a guy's head. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. This Shit.
2: this show it started out though really great. Like I, yeah, I loved that. the first couple of seasons, and the concept is so good. This is the first show that my family binged. Ooh. This this introduced yeah. the cop the concept of binging to my family this, because wow. we would get the DVDs box sets. Because we didn't know about it when it was on, and then I think it got recommended to my parents by one of their friends. And so we huh. they got the DVD box set, and we would just sit there Dude. like on the weekends and watch like two or three episodes at a time. And that was the first this show is, we ever binged. This
0: is the definition. Mm. Wow. This is the definition of the binge format.
2: Yes. But, mm. but, but like
0: put in a format where it didn't work. You had to wait every single week.
1: Right, but yeah. I, I remember. But, like, I mean, like Lost, it's the return of serialized television. There
0: were a couple times like I have to go to class. Right, uh, I have to go to class, but I got to see how Jack Bauer gets out of this one, and it's resolved in ninety seconds and totally unfulfilling. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I miss class.
1: <laughs> yeah, guess what? The answer is always torture, a motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. Torture always works. Uh-huh. That's what this tells us. Torture sure. always works.
0: Well, I think it's it's. I blame the daughter for a lot of the silly <sighs> shit that made me laugh so oh,
1: much. Oh well, yeah. Oh my god. Because yeah. they had to, they had the same characters, and they had to keep bringing them back, but mm-hmm. they never had anything for them to do. So they yeah, the, the, the daughter being menaced by a cougar is still one of the the funniest things that's it's, ever happened. It, no, it's because
0: according to the show, in ninety minutes, she survives a uh, a, a, a a like an armed robbery, gets mm-hmm. kidnapped by Kevin Dillon. And then attacked mm. by a cougar in eighty minutes. It's it's yeah. it's it's fucking crazy. And like, just kill the daughter. And they did to make it easier Fine. on themselves.
2: I remember watching when I was watching this with my parents, them being like, see, that's why you don't go off with strange men that you don't know. Oh, stop it. Basically victim blaming her for like Getting kidnapped, I'm like, okay, they're getting kidnapped and then menaced by a cougar, yeah, sure. yeah. I was like, okay, mom, if I'm ever in that situation, I'll think twice. Oh. Thanks. Wow,
0: I didn't look into this. at Oh, Law and Order has its series finale 10 years ago, yes. Oh, yeah.
2: no. it was a tent pole, yep, oh. yep. It's the uh season 20 Whoop. and. It 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 went. It had a good run, y'all. It really did.
0: This is still one of the most naive things I've seen in all television history. Law & Order's not doing so well. Let's cancel it. There are a thousand other platforms, some of which you'll own. Keep it going. <laughs> Keep mm-hmm. it going. You'll need Law & Order soon. You'll make all your money on Law & Order soon. Oh, my God. They canceled Law &
2: Order. I mean, yeah. They got their so, other yeah. ones going on. It's fine. Yeah, that's
1: true. SVU is yes. still going and it's going another one of these it's another one of these shows where it's like nine oh two 90210 because it went 10 seasons we just talked about the last episode and come September we'll talk about the first one it's the same thing where yeah we're talking about Law & Order ending in 2010 and come September we're going to get to talk about it debuting yeah. Yeah. but it's such it's one of those things it's like how has this not been done before Mothership, Original Recipe, Law & Order half of it is a cop show and then half of it is a lawyer show Mm -hmm. And you get to see the thing go through from one to the other. That's it. It's two shows in one. You're saving yourself some money. Yeah. It's perfect.
0: And you're not confusing yourself like The Wire.
2: (laughs) And, I mean, looking at the way the, the finale, the series finale was received, it got a much better reception than the finale for 24 or Lost because this show is a procedural, not a serial. And so it was... Pretty much just an episode like any other episode. Yeah. Really? They really didn't do a big, you know, build up send off or anything like that. Someone turned just... someone
0: turned the lights off at the end and it just said dick wolf <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Very low key, so apparently. Many,
1: yeah. So many fun actors went through there oh, and yeah. Um what was I thinking? Oh, yeah. Now, Law & Order of all varieties just get rerun constantly. Right, And my my guide to everyone, because I am a Law & Order fan, it is like, I can't even call it a guilty pleasure. I just enjoy it, even though I know it's garbage, is only watch the ones that open with the disclaimer that is not based on a true story. Ooh, and then see how really long is. it takes you to guess what it is. Mm-hmm. Because it is 100% based on a true story. Rip from the headlines, man. Yep. I, I,
0: but I yeah. feel like that's... that's to- everyone... Ten years later, knows what Law and Order is whether they watch it or not, and it reruns day and night on multiple channels. Why on earth would? What kind of stupid fucking executive do you? Some oh god, it could have been a quibby hit right now. I could be watching this in portrait mode. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's it really sinks into, you know, we're it's one of the. Last shows, I feel like that's really completely sunk into everyone's psyche as far yeah. as across all demographics. Yeah.
0: People don't know that Kojak it had really a lollipop wishes. anymore, but they know what the law and order sound sounds like.
2: Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of wild to think about, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, It's it touches every demographic, I think. Mm. Like,
0: yep. and, and is, I
2: don't think i literally never have met a person who says they don't like law and
0: order. Like, it's hard to hate
2: and. I've met a lot of contrarians in my life. And they, I, and yeah, not, not, this is the one that seems to be, this and Britney Spears Toxic, it's the two things that be quiet. nobody <laughs> can shit on.
0: <laughs> I'm nobody, by the way. And by the way, but this is the infuriating part. This is why they canceled it. It didn't hold up very well to the 26th of May's American Idol, Lee... Deweese wins over Crystal, Botox, or Bowser socks. Uh, <laughs> Bowser socks. Bowser socks. Ah, Mario. Yeah, no. Those are my Bauer socks. Uh, shit, no one remembers, but it, it was killing them in the ratings.
2: I have no yeah. idea who those two people are. I've never you know, heard of them you know in my life.
1: I, this was the season I watched, and they're both very talented. I like Crystal Bower socks because she's got a cool, like a Janis Joplin vibe going on, singing not, wise. But
0: I'm not yeah, saying they're not for everyone. They're actually both pretty talented. But but considering like. Talent shows are your immediate solution. Uh, And it's not even talent shows. It's mostly like schadenfreude. So you can watch people fail before you can watch them succeed. And is TNT running reruns of Law & Order? Is there an entire network of Discovery Channel devoted to this shit? This is what you dumped it for. Because you were losing to Law & Order. Or or, or to American Idol. Yep. Which was was canceled too. Twice. God damn it. Law & Order. Just saying. should still be on. Games.
1: It is. It's everywhere. It's
0: everywhere. Games. I and have. Sometimes,
1: to... you, sometimes you get to those last seasons where Michael Imperioli's a cop now. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Everyone. That's a little weird. That. You're like yeah.
2: Christopher. Christopher. Yeah.
0: Uh, video games of 2010, May 22nd through the 28th. They're really, really big, and we'll have to mm-hmm. talk about them hopefully on the other show because Super Mario Galaxy 2. It's kind of the only console Mario sequel that's happened since. The NES, whoa! In, in like in like thirty years, twenty years, excuse me. I, I, Yoshi's store uh, Yoshi's Island—they'll say is a But come on, it's just the same universe. It's, the gameplay is completely different. Here, the gameplay is exactly the same. New power ups, new worlds. Nintendo has never done that before. Uh, it has not done that since the NES. It, 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 to me, it's nuts. I'll be able to articulate it when I'm not as tired and as drinky. If you like Law and Order. Phoenix Wright hits both iOS and WiiWare <gasps> this week. Objection. And Diana likes uh, Phoenix Wright? So.
1: I love Phoenix Wright. Those are a lot of fun because yeah, it's it's a mystery and it is also a legal game that's yeah. like that's perfect and you need zero hand-eye coordination, which is Ooh, that's yeah. what I that mean. It's perfect I, for it's me. It's what they call a no hand-eye coordination at all.
0: A visual novel It's about presenting evidence at the right time for the right assertion. And it's infuriating yeah. when, like, uh, I have this guy's bloody fingerprints on this thing. And the lawyer's like, I didn't ask that yet. The judge the is like, I didn't ask about that. Fuck! Just let, me, just let me ruin this guy. I got it. God damn it. Quick, make me wait. Um, Blur, a really great uh, licensed... Did you ever, like, like, you ever want to play, like, a... Uh, you know, like, for a while, there were uh, video games featuring real cars. You can drive real Nissans and Hondas. And, oh, man, it's just, like, the real thing. And this blur took that and like, yeah, you're going to drive real licensed cars, but they're also going to shoot Mario Kart items. And it's going to be cinematic and hilarious. That That's-
1: sounds wonderful for my park life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Mod Nation Racers was not. I'm going to make Michael talk more about that. And I just wanted to point out UFC 2010 is out. I don't know if this is the right one, but one of these, one of the arrivals of UFC is where I fell in love with Dave Rudden. Who's this week's guest on uh, uh, Later Time, where we talk about SNL? Someone told me I had to interview the UFC people. I'm like, I don't know anything. Like, we're gonna put you with Dave Rudden. Like, I've only met him once. Does he know anything about this? And he carried me. He fucking Jesus Christ, one set of footprints carried me (laughs) through this UFC interview. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, who's this Dave guy? He works near me, and we've been working together for almost ten years ever since. So I just that's what I remember at UFC. Uh, Diamond Dog Dave Rudden I also remember people like Evan Clark uh, an executive producer as well as many other people at com slash laser time who throw five dollars or more to us every month or so whatever you can spare it really really does help us out keep us going again if it dries up <laughs> we're all going to go do other things so um, it's a very strange time and we all have odd things to pay for so I know things are if you can't do it, you can't do it. But if you can, consider it. Uh Patreon.com slash laser time. We got a brand new show, Sick of Star Wars. I wanna say it's nine episodes, but like every episode is so many hours. It's so hard to edit. And we have bonus episodes too. <laughs> uh Dave Dave is joining uh myself and uh Tony Wilson, uh Chain Gun Pope on Twitter, games uh GameSpot you might know him from. Uh we're talking about the weirdest things that ever happened on SNL. And mm. In addition to that, we have our SNL awards on patreoncom time this week, where they Dave, the D- D- Dave and Tony used to do this in article form. Now we do it in audio form, where we count down our favorite guests, our favorite hosts, our favorite sketches, our favorite musical guests of, of SNL because it's one of our favorite shows. And uh, thirty twenty ten games is out, um, and we'll have a new one coming out for you next month. Or I cannot imagine what it's like to open your husband and let him talk about Red Dead Redemption. It's going to be mine. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> that and so much more, over 100 movie commentaries. Uh, we really appreciate your support. Love you to death. Die, where can people f- find you?
1: They can find me on the Twitter at nerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D or follow the show at 302010Podcast. 302010Podcast. And man, yeah, we're in the summer, so it's all, all big ticket items now. Woo! All movies you heard of.
0: So, it's to be fun. Stick, this way right. you have to stick around, people, because you got to know who died and who lived. Who was born? Who died this week?
1: Well, in 1990, we lost Rocky Graziano, who is 71. He was former middleweight champion of the world with a record of 67-10-6. Mm. That is a record. Uh, and his autobiography was made into a very good movie called Somebody Up There Likes Me. Oh. And then in 2010, we lost Gary Coleman. He was only 42. Fuck you, congenital kidney disease.
0: Yeah. I grew up with Gary Coleman being kind of a punchline my whole life. But the first show I remember is Different Strokes. That's the first show I remember. As if, like, you know, you're all awake and, like, looking at fans and and windows when you're a one-year-old. And then, like, I remember seeing Different Strokes and, like, I really like this. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. Gary Coleman, it's like the first thing I ever liked was Gary Coleman. So like yeah. I would love to see some kind of documentary or like nice nice thing about Gary Coleman. He he oh,
1: He had the worst fucking life. He... His parents took all his money, yeah. he had to sue them, and yeah. Typical child actor, everything going wrong.
0: Yeah.
2: If only Gary Cole would have stepped in and
0: taken care <laughs> yeah. of. Uh,
2: I feel uh, like they could have been buds. Yeah. And had a like a TV show together.
0: I feel like that's a meme <laughs> waiting to happen. Gary Cole, Gary Cole man, and then one's taller. And...
2: It's like it'll like mm-hmm. be like the cover of Twins. There
0: you go. Oh, I, I love I love that DeVito gangsta lean. I, I'm dying to take a picture with Sarah where she does that to me. Not that you look like Dana DeVito, Sarah. Come on, cheer up, fuck up. It's just a I mean, quarantine. I
2: kind of do. I do love Limoncello. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Diana. Quarantine
2: has not been treating me well. Let's just put it that
0: way. <laughs> not like everybody else who's. uh yeah. Diana, who'll be born this week? Ba 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 birthdays! Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. A ding dong, doodly doodly, ding dong doo. A
1: birthday Birthday quiz. Ah, one of our favorites on the birthday quiz. We have talked about, oh gosh, two, four, six. Eight. Uh, something appreciate? like 20 uh, different things that he's been in. Turning 55 this week. Born May 24th, 1965 in Chicago, Illinois, the fifth of six kids. He has 105 credits in 30 years. OMG. The first one is above the law, where he is uncredited thug in bar.
0: Is it the uh, uh, keep the change you filthy animal guy? No, he no, was like sorry. 900 years old. <laughs>
1: Uh, but here are some of the movies of his that we have talked about. We're No Angels, "Night Watch," Casualties of War, and The Thin Red Line.
0: Uh, Nick Nolte.
1: Nope. Ewan McGregor. Never Been Nope. Never been Kissed, Boys, For Love of the Game, Prairie Home Companion. Luke Wilson? Nope. Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny, Year of the Dog, The Promotion, and Nine, The Animated One. Jack o- Black? Nope.
0: Elijah Wood? No, he's not 55.
1: Nope. Uh, hard 8 Cirque de Freak the Vampire's Assistant.
0: John C. Riley. Oh, John
1: C. Riley. And Magnolia's Brothers, Walk Hard the Dewey Cox Story and Night's Boogie and Talladega. And last week we missed the 10th anniversary of the debut of Check It Out with Steve Brule. Happy birthday, John C. Really? Wow. I feel like that
2: really shows a certain level of friendship that Antis and I both got it on the magician's assistant. No. <laughs> yeah. No.
0: I got it at Hard 8. I'll have you know. And I got it first. Okay. Well, Run you the waited until
2: after you heard Serp to Freak before you guessed it, so all I'm saying is all I'm saying. Oh, my God.
1: But I did not even realize uh, how much I love Talladega Nights. I forgot that John C. Riley is in Days of Thunder.
0: Is he really? What?
1: Really? Coming soon.
0: Is he driving the mellow oh, yeah. yellow car? No, that's Cole Trickle. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just rubbed you, boy. Uh, goddamn. Take and bake. Uh... <laughs> Don't you put that evil I, on me, Robert Duvall. Don't you dare. <laughs>
1: I cannot encourage people enough to watch Walk Hard, The Dewey Cox Story.
0: It's, mm. it's one of the best it movies It hurts ever me made.
1: to think that there are people who have not seen this to enjoy it. Because it is so fucking good for me. I, I hate it
0: because every once in a while, a million dollar movie comes out that like, oh, you didn't see Dewey Cox Story. You look ridiculous.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know. Also, he's a Grammy nominee off of that. So he's, he's coming close to being an EGOT nominee. Got to get that Emmy.
0: All right. Look anyway, at
1: John C. Riley, seriously, one of the most talented people
0: in the universe. So happy we're, birthday. We're going to close out with this um, obnoxious, ironic classic, Boys in the Hood from Dy- Dynamite Hack, which now- I i had an, Somebody told me they're a giant Dynamite Hack fan. I'm like, that's not indicative of their fucking bibliography. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not ready okay. to have a, a conversation about Dynamite Hack's discography in 2020.
1: Mm. That's fair. Now, I put this in here because I legitimately enjoy covers of things in different genres, but I know a lot of people do not like the ironic folk cover of rap and that sort of thing. They were one of the but, first
0: people to do it with a great video, so they should get some yeah. credit for that. It was one of the first people yeah. to do this.
1: But I will say that it, it helps you hear the lyrics better and appreciate them sometimes reach audiences they wouldn't reach and i'm listening to a really good podcast right now called a history of rock music in 500 songs i'm at like episode 100 and we're not even at the beatles he fucking covers it well and i appreciate it now as part of the pantheon of white people doing shitty versions of black music now Oh. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, and I just love singing along to it, so I'm putting it in
0: here. Sorry, I, I, I am. This is a really bad place to announce our next podcast is me covering nothing but Blues Brothers songs.
1: But I... <laughs> So you're going to cover covers?
0: Yeah, I'm going to cover covers. I'm going to be like that third clone in Multiplicity. It's going to be awful. (laughs) Take us out, Dynamite Hack. Car pulls
2: up, who can it be? It's a fresh El Camino alone, kilo G. He rolls down the window and he starts to say, it's all about making that G-T-A.
0: Cause the boys in the hood are always hard Come talking
2: that trash and we'll pull your card Knowing nothing in life but to be legit
1: Don't quote me boy I ain't said yet